participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Big Smart Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is so great to be back for another edition of the show. We missed you very much on Monday. Of course, we were off due to Memorial Day. Hope you didn't miss us too much. Uh, a rare Monday off for uh, myself and the crew. Uh, if you were uh, off as well, uh, I hope it all went well for you and you were able to spend some time with family. If you weren't off and you felt like, I don't know, we left you high and dry, uh, commiserations, as they say, my deepest and sincerest apologies. We are back, though, for another great edition of the program, and I can't wait for this one, my friends. We've been talking about this one for several months. I mean, the build has been old school. It's been WrestleMania 3-esque, if you will. We have been building and building and talking and planning and scheming 
for this very episode for quite some time. And so we are finally here, and I can't wait. What a show it is. Another eclectic mix of guests. Uh, we've got a little MMA, we've got a little boxing, we've got a little darts, my friends, and oh, I am so excited. Of course, on Wednesdays, uh, we love to shoot as well, and so we'll be answering your questions as we normally do on Wednesdays. That's when we like to, you know, cook, as the kids say. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of this program and the UFC. Please download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. And use the code DMAR if you have not signed up just yet. That lets them know we sent you. And if you're a first-time user, you get a little welcoming gift, if you will. Very quiet MMA weekend. Did have you know some pretty good boxing action this past weekend. UFC is back this coming weekend and one of the headliners on this very program. So let me tell you a thing or two about today's show. Back into the show, uh, we'll... Look at how we did this past weekend, and also Parlay Boys make our picks. GC make some picks, uh, and also talk about some news and notes. So stay tuned for that. Prior to that, we are going to be joined in studio for an old school face to face. You know, I love the face to faces. Uh, we did have Danny Sabatello and Rafian Stotts back in late August. That was incredible. Tempers were you know, at an all-time high, emotions were high. They almost got into a brawl right here in this studio. I suspect this one, this time around on today's show, will be even more tense, even more combustible than that one back in late August. It involves two of the greatest darts players of all time, two of the best darts players in the world today, uh, two guys who were a part of history uh, just a few months ago at the World Championships at the Alley Pally, part of that legendary nine-darter. Back and forth they went. In the end, the World Championships ultimately won by our good friend Bully Boy, a.k.a. Michael Smith, who was on the show after the win just days later. Well, they're in New York City now, the PDC, the Pro Darts Tour, and they're going to be at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, Friday and Saturday, and since we are unofficial, you know, kind of darts ambassadors here, connoisseurs, I mean, Eddie Hearn, who is the heir apparent to the darts empire, has pretty much coined me, you know, the king of all darts in North America. Uh, They're going to be here Friday, Saturday. Tickets still available, by the way. I'll be there on Saturday. So, you know, if you're around, go check it out. Should be a tremendous time. Uh, We're going to have Bully Boy... And the man who just beat him en route to becoming seventh-time Premier League champion, which is historic, never been done before. He is now one above the great Phil Taylor. Of course, everyone knows Phil Taylor. We're talking about MVG himself, Michael Van Gerwen, my friends, the pride of the Netherlands, sitting right here, Bully Boy sitting right there, Hilwani sitting right here for a face-to-face. These two guys were a part of history. They've gone back and forth well over 40 times, most recently last week at the O2 in London, an unbelievable semifinal, ultimately won by MVG, en route to beating the Welshman Gedwin Price. I mean, I mean, the knowledge that I'm dropping on all of you is just unprecedented right now. And so now here we have the two of them in studio, and there have been some rumors of a little tete-a-tete-a-tete, if you get what I'm saying, afterwards 
on our custom darts board. I mean, so there's just a lot to like. There's a lot to chew on here. There's a lot to discuss. You know, you might as well rebrand the show The Darts Hour if you want to, because I would love nothing more. Now, prior to that, we're going to be joined by arguably the greatest female boxer of all time, arguably the number one pound-for-pound queen in boxing who returns to action on June 3rd against Maricela Cornejo. She is the pride of Flint, Michigan. She is the, quote, she is Clarissa Shields, and she is, uh, you know, someone who has dabbled in MMA, but of course, you know, everyone knows her for her boxing, two-time Olympic gold medalist, uh, undisputed champion, three times in two different weight classes, defending her middleweight titles, in Detroit at the Little Caesars Arena, which is an arena that I went to once back in the day. That was for a Max Holloway fight against Jose Aldo and a beautiful arena. I mean, like one of the best arenas in America. Uh, I was actually blown away by the arena. Uh, I put it up there with the arena in Edmonton. Rogers, I always get confused. Is it Rogers Place or Rogers Arena? It's one or the other. Um, Is it Rogers Place or Rogers Arena? I think it's Rogers Arena. Let me just get that. What do we got? Rogers Arena, Rogers Place, Rogers Arena, Rogers. No, that's Vancouver. Rogers Place. Okay, yeah, Edmonton. Anyway, it's great. Clarissa Shields will be back uh, on the zone this coming Saturday night, June third. Yeah, because tomorrow's June first, and so I look forward to that. So you have the number one, arguably, you know, after Katie's loss, we have to call it like we see it. Um, that was her first loss. Obviously, more fights for Katie, and and it's debatable. She did move up, but fine. Uh, Clarissa, number one pound for pound in most people's eyes, including our very own New York Rick, who's a big uh, Clarissa Shields fan. And then you have arguably the number one pound for pound male boxer, Terrence Bud Crawford, the pride of Nebraska, who was just announced late last week, going to be fighting Errol Spence. They're actually doing it July 29th on Showtime pay-per-view. Bud Crawford, Errol Spence. We've been talking about this fight for what? Three, four, five years? One versus two? undisputed welterweight title on the line. I mean, this is big-time stuff. And so, yeah, I'm sure, you know, you're thinking like, oh, you know, you have the two biggest names in boxing right now in the news on your program. Hiwani, are you trying to just conquer another combat sport? If I want to, it's like, if I want to, all right? Well, like, what, what, if I want to. Uh, but it's great to talk to those two individuals. We've had them on the show before. And actually curious if Clarissa is going to compete in MMA again. Remember, she had the... Um, you know, the the short stint with PFL, two fights, one didn't go her way. Let's see. And if that ain't enough for you, Kai Car France, who's headlining the uh, UFC event this weekend in um, in Las Vegas at the Apex against Amir Albazi, he returns to action for the first time since his fight against Brandon Moreno last July. It's been almost a year for Kai Car France. He was supposed to fight Alex Perez uh, back in February uh, the pride of New Zealand returning to action in a big fight for him in his first headliner as well this Saturday. We'll talk to him at around 1.45. By the way, speaking of the Apex, uh, the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter aired last night. Most of it emanates from the Apex. And uh, our very own tough analyst... Hardcore fan. I don't even know what to call him. GC is all in on tough. He is so excited about this. Uh, he'll give us the rundown in case you missed it. Don't need to go too deep into it just off the bat here, GC, but uh, scale of 1 to 10, what are you giving the first episode? 
Uh, first episode, we'll go seven. You know, just kind of a lot of setup game there. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Oh, but, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had to put that on real quick. Let people know where I stand. Team McGregor over here. Okay, all uh, right. Yeah, it was pretty good. You know, a little bit of setup after talking with AK Lee, who's just like the tough veteran. Yeah. Um, formulaic to similar first episodes, uh, and the fight was only. You know, nine seconds, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season. I think it's going to be a good one. Like I said, love a good summer reality you show. You love it. I can, I, uh, what not, is the greater, I, greatest summer reality show of all time? Because oh, you man, speak of this with such affinity. <laughs> you know, I mean, now that I'm really thinking back on it, I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever watched a summer reality show. <laughs> Why do you keep I mean, saying that? Then? Last night, the, the sun's setting. It's, it's 8.30. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful night in New York City. And I'm just, I'm just waiting on the reality TV to start. And that's what tough is. I mean, tough is, I watched it with my roommate. And he was like, this is so reality TV. Like everything from like the, the dramatic intros, like the dramatic walk-ins, the, the solo interviews with like the, the completely black background. We get into the families, everything like that. Uh, yeah, so I'm all Is this all your in. first time ever watching Tough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I've seen... Tough the, 31? Seen, tough 31, man. Welcome, uh, welcome to the world, CB here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen the clips. I've seen highlights. I've seen episodes on but like we're talking like every single episode every week i'm gonna be yeah. locked into my couch first time uh, and you loved it i i enjoyed it very much i i have high expectations i'm very much looking forward to the rest of the season i'm hoping we get more mcgregor and chandler um as we go on but yeah i'm excited for the season and speaking of AK Lee, you guys are uh, hosting a a post show, right? Called yeah, Tough, yeah, yeah. Tough Hang. Tough Hang. Tough Hang. Yes, uh, on the MMA fighting. But it's not a tough YouTube. hang. It's yeah. not. It's a good hang. It's a great hang. Me, yeah. AK Lee, uh, our very own. You know, we got the corner dedicated to him. But E. Casey Lydon producing, hopping on as well. Uh, yeah, we did our first episode last night. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure uh, Casey's all over Tough. He loves Tough. Um, well, it's great because, you know, he's a fighter, undefeated fighter at that. Uh, so, yeah, he kind of gets into the techniques, the coaching, everything like uh, that. He wasn't happy with the lack of coaching we saw. He he said it was, you know, a terrible first episode. You know, I, I'm being like a little bit facetious, but you know what I came um, to realize last night as this was about to, to kick off? And I tuned in, I, I'd say, for like 40 minutes of it. Wow. Um, I'm surprised you lasted that long. Yeah. Uh, I was doing some other stuff, um, so it was like good, you know, background. But I will say it's a thousand percent formulaic. None of it has changed, including the transitions and the sun setting and all that stuff. Like all of that, <laughs> yeah. that might have been stock footage from Tough Sixteen. Um, none of it has changed. But I will say this: seeing the excitement and also the 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 masterstroke of having McGregor involved. Meaning, then you can have ESPN promote the hell out of it on their social media, ESPN handles, Sports Center handles, ESPN MMA, all that stuff. He is just like, you know, surefire engagement views and oh, all yeah. that stuff. I realize that this isn't for me. And when I say me, I don't necessarily mean me. I mean fans of my generation and, and people who were watching back. You know, and I'm not trying to be like the hipster, oh, I watched Tough One. But everyone, I mean, I've been freaking doing this show essentially since Tough One. It's really not for us. This is for newer fans like you, fans like my nephew, 
Jared, who is 14, who called me last night in a panic and being like, is Conor McGregor fighting tonight? What is this Ultimate Fighter show that I keep seeing on ESPN social? Is he actually fighting on a Wednesday night? No, and I had to explain. He had no idea what tough was, but there's this new era of fans via ESPN, via TikTok, via YouTube, via all kinds of social media, via DraftKings, via gambling that just didn't watch tough. And so to them, this is fresh, this is fun, and that's great. That's fine. So I won't necessarily sit here and shit on it. I just don't know if I'm going to partake. You know, to me, the appeal of of Tough, as as we're going through Tough now, when I was, you know, I said that we're going to do it later. The appeal of Tough was always like, oh, let's see who the great new prospects are that they can find. Or when they did the straw weights, like you had the best straw weights in the world for the most part on the show, or the best bantamweight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, over time, there's too many UFC events. There's contender series. There's there's you know 43 events. Not to mention all the other promotions out there. There just isn't talent lying around waiting to be plucked up to go into a house for six seven weeks. Or this one I know was shorter, but typically it's that. Um, so they could go through this just to get a hundred thousand dollar contract that lasts ten years. It just isn't what it was in two thousand five because the sport isn't what it was. So you look at the roster and the talent, and you're like, I you know I like the 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 retread thing like the the comeback but even those guys weren't good enough to be in the UFC and it wasn't like the guys that they had in the comeback season back on tough four I believe it was like Cote was someone who fought Tito Ortiz Matt Serra was someone who had you know a, a great reputation on the East Coast these guys were well known the ones that I see on the show yesterday didn't really have great UFC careers not that long ago. What makes us think that just by going on the show, they're going to be great again? And so it doesn't feel like the level is that great. But again, to the casual fan out there, they don't know who these people are. They didn't watch them fighting at UFC Apex 47 two years ago or a year ago. And they just see Connor, they see Chandler, they see free fights or a fight on a Wednesday on ESPN and all this promotion. It's for them. It's not for me. And that's okay. That's fine. It doesn't always have to be for me or my type of fan. Um, and so I'm sure it's going to be a smashing success, and uh, I hope it's great for everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, I will say, you you mentioned it. Last year, they did tough, and you know, we were obviously on this show, and there was almost no hype around it at all. I didn't see anybody watching it, live-tweeting or anything. Nothing. Last night, it was the only thing on my timeline. Everyone was talking about it. So having McGregor and having Chandler is huge. Uh, I will say, like, I, I want more McGregor and Chandler. They did a little after-tough thing, and it was, they gave us, like, bonus footage where it dove deeper into McGregor and Chandler, and there was this great clip of McGregor in the back talking to all his coaches where he's, like, getting blue in the face, talking about techniques. He's running out of air. He's talking so much. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the training. Um, well, the two and- best personalities and most interesting people on the show are McGregor and Chandler. By far. Far and away. And, and that, that in itself is a bit of a problem, right? Because the whole point of the show is to find new talent. I, I think a couple of these guys are going to emerge as, as personalities as we, as we go Did on. Did they address once, the whole controversy the property- of him bringing his people on? No, no, and they like the draft was different. Instead of going like one by one, they just did the sectors: either prospect of one thirty-five, prospect one fifty-five, or veteran one fifty-five. Which I thought was kind of a letdown. They did this whole big coin flip and everything, and then it was just like boom, draft is over. I was hoping for like one by one, you get the drama of like where does Lee Hammond go? Does does Conor McGregor take him? But overall, pretty entertaining. Looking forward to the rest of the season. You're in. You're locked in. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm locked in no matter what. I mean, I bought the damn jersey. I'm How gonna, much was the jersey, by the way? Know. Listen, talking finances is tacky. Yeah, like fine. I just want to know how much that damn jersey is. It's like $100. I mean, let's be real here. It's one of the worst things in the history. You, I know you're buying it somewhat ironically, right? You don't actually like the jersey. I hate I the damn the jersey. jersey. Why can't love it be it. a shirt? Why can't it be like a tank top? Why does it have to be a basketball jersey? All right, something funny that I'll say is that like all the guys on Team McGregor, like some of them were wearing the jerseys and obviously they're obligated at times too for the show. Uh, but as soon as they get signed on the Team McGregor, it's just like they all start rocking the forged Irish stout hats, yeah. these shirts. Like they just get, you know, balling out with all the McGregor merch. I you think they're sponsored? Hilarious. Uh, they have to have some sort of sponsorship because as soon as they show the the house, they're just like, oh, we got proper 12 in the house. We got forged Irish whiskey. Like, let's go. Uh, so I imagine They're drinking they, that stuff and they're supposed to be fighting? I was going to say, if there's going to be any scenes where like they try to get the fighters liquored up and, and cause some drama in the house, I, I would assume they're going to be drinking proper 12 and, and forged Irish stout. So there's right. definitely sponsorships. So there's uh, your tough report. You know, it works out perfectly for our show. Because perfect it's on, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays. right? It's yeah, every tu- every Tuesday. So it's, it's gonna Tuesdays, be perfect yeah. for us to recap on Wednesday. How about that? Um all right, well there you have it. There's the tough recap and uh, Roosevelt Roberts won, right? That's oh yeah, one. nine seconds. Nine seconds. Felt really bad for Jennerman. I mean, they they did this whole touching thing about his family, his three-legged dog. Uh, I saw that. Know, yeah. How much? How much he like sacrificed to get there, and then nine are they still doing the thing that if you lose, you have to leave the house? No, I think he has to stay now. Ah. Uh. That's what that's what tough vet. Uh, oh yeah, you okay, to, Lee told that, that, you know what this shows how old I am. I think back in the early early days, you left the house. I kind of like that. That's sort of survivor esque. That yes. it's just like you've been kicked. Now you got all the, the like the riffraff still around. Isn't that the worst feeling? That's the dude who's crying that he missed his family and he fought for nine seconds and now he just has to stay there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he said through tears, he was just like, "I'm wondering if this was worth it. What am I doing here?" Yeah, tough watch for him. Yeah. I mean, I guess he gets to train with, you know, some high-level guys. But, yeah, that is tough. All right. Uh, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. It's time for yes. a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. Oh, the ultimate fighter. What a time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is back. We thought it was dead. To hear from the man and it's himself, not dead. Ariel Helwani. Live from the Box Studios. Still in around. Who would have thought? Who it's would have thought it would be around now, in 2023 on linear television? Not just ESPN Plus. We're talking linear TV, the Ultimate Fighter. Ariel and not just linear, ESPN. Maybe the finale will be on ABC. Who knows? Um, all right. Thank you very much to Mike Heck. Thank you very much to moderator Lewis, as always, for putting together the questions. Without further ado, Mr. Emilio V is up first. And what a great question to kick us off. How was Frank's birthday? Happy birthday to Frankie. And by the way, uh, Frank, now 37 years young officially, or is it 38? Did you turn 38 and we're 37? 42. 42. Sporting a new haircut today. It's not a new hair. You know, just because you started paying attention to my hair. No, this is new. When did you get this haircut? Saturday. That's new. I'm not saying the style is new. In the PDC for Style is not new. Yeah. Uh, what was that about PDC? Uh, after he watched Bully Boy in the in the Premier League, he went and got the haircut. And a lot of people him. saying it is a Cheaper Bully Boy esque uh, haircut. Uh, was it? How how much was your haircut? Yeah. I feel like that haircut is. I just did a fade, so it was. Nah, only... That's not a fade. There's some. Yeah, this I is one of those eighty for a fade. It's very like 
you know, talking about money is tacky. I'm being serious, though. 80 for a fade. Wow. I mean, I like what you have there. It's it's a little bit um, the poop? Clark Kent esque. Like you have like a little like ziggly thing here. Yeah, yeah. Ziggly. I know exactly what you're talking about. I like it. I and you missed a spot when you were shaving your head, though. Also, me? Wow. Where? Yeah, I just wanted you to touch your hair. Uh, also, uh, trim the beard. That's significant. It fell out. Did they trim the beard? No, I touched that. They, wow. They, I don't trust wow, them. they don't even touch the beard. You I got the whole kit and caboodle yesterday in Jersey City for, for $50. Why are we talking Great money? Great service, everything. Why? Why, why can't we talk I'm money? Not talking we're money. We're talking money. We're talking I'm not asking you how prices. much you make. I am just I just want to know what the streets are uh, costing you these days. The That's all. The um, Wow, both of you got a haircut. Yeah, yeah Joe yeah, also got, got one a haircut. Shout out to David's Barbershop. Joe got a haircut too? That No, that was last week. I started it. Wow. Rick, you got a haircut too? Rick got a haircut? You had to have. You had to have. Let's see, Rick. Oh, he did What's get a haircut. He did. Let's go. <laughs> Haircuts all around, baby. I did get a haircut. Oh, man. Yours is good too. Shit. All right. I didn't get the memo. Haircut. I, I'm a once a week type of guy. I was anyway. about to say, then you, in the last week, you had to have shaved your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once a week. I just didn't know that we were all in doing it in unison. I like it. We need to get on the same schedule. What do you guys go? Three weeks? Four weeks? Three, four. <laughs> we all come with our fresh cuts. It's like the first day of school. Everyone shows up yeah. with their fresh I cut. I, I think on the on the first the every first of the month you need to have had a haircut within the fresh. Last week. Fresh. Um, by the way, how was your birthday? It was great. Um, thank you for asking. Amelia. Emilio. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Flash in the control room. Did you guys see that? What did you do? I don't know. I'm confused. Maybe it's the prime. Um, hung out with Connor on Sunday. Whoa. Frisbee around Central Park. Watched some uh, F1 before that. However, Monica? it is funny. Connor, can you mute yourself? Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> I'll take care of that. So <laughs> we're walking to the bathroom, and I swear to you, this guy is like, Connor Burks, and we have to stop for a minute so no this way. guy could take a picture of Connor. We're in the middle of Central Park. Wow. I just... Um, and he referred to you as Connor Burks? That's what they did. Not yeah. GC. Not GC. Wow. What did that feel like? You know, it happens every once in a while. Whoa. I was in a Costco one time with my girlfriend. Some guy stopped me. My barista at Starbucks. That must have felt great. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Four Brothers for Life. Uh, he made it pretty deep into the barbershop selection for, for Rick's haircut. Oh, okay. Yeah, he immediately brought it up. This oh, was the one at done. Central Park or this was? Uh, this was at Central Park. Central wow. Park, yeah. Yeah, Four Brothers, Four Life Barbershop. Shout out. Uh, New York Rick, you know Four Brothers, Four Life? Yeah, he was he was in high contention before. And it was we just randomly? To... You just saw him random? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, stopped and talked to him for a second. Super nice guy, man. Sounds like a great time. Very interesting. So you guys got together. Um, that was on Sunday. Just a, I didn't hear any, I didn't hear any chatter about Monday? that. In the uh, the text group, so I just didn't know that there was a uh, we, party. We, I mean, you're leaving out the best part, Frank. Oh. Well, oh, then I got talked in going to Margaritaville. Oh, yeah. Margaritaville Times Square. Like, oh, I saw a different Jimmy Buffett's wasting away. You went crazy. A little cheeseburger he in paradise. Said, Just the I two quote, of you at Margaritaville? Uh, there were a couple other people. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was tourist capital U.S. I love it. I love it. Amazing. It. That he made was change your latitude, change your attitude. Come on, dude. Changes in latitude, changes in attitude. <laughs> and then as soon as we walk in, it's posted on the wall. I mean, I got a little Jimmy Buffett in me. Wow, this uh, sounds great. Yeah, I mean, we were close to Times Square. Frank tried to get a t shirt, but it was a little out of his price range. 
Mm, don't talk about money. It's tacky. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, here's a follow-up uh, to the birthday question from James. Yo, MMA Hour crew. Happy Wednesday. Mysterious Frank, what is your favorite a- Aphex Twin track? Is it Aphex? Aphex Twin, yeah. yeah. What about album? Also, Ariel, one time you joked about having Mysterious Frank as an in-studio guest. I think you should do it. The fans have spoken. P.S. Nice Talib. Quali reference. I do love Talib Quali, but that wasn't a reference to him. It was a broken glass everywhere. People, dun, 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 dun. you know that song? Um, yep. I said a hip hop, the hibbit, the hibbit, the hip hip hop, you don't stop. Anyway, um, rapper's delight. Aphex Twin. What is that? Right. Um, an artist from. That's a person, a singular person? Yeah. Okay. So the favorite song track would be Angelo Balsam. Oh, yeah. And then his first album, Selected Ambient Works, would be my favorite album. Okay. And what is this, hip-hop? No, this is um, electronic music. Oh, EDM? Um, Funny you mention that because this will give you some ammunition. It's called IDM for Intelligent Dance Music. Ah, what's the difference? (laughs) It's a lot of offbeat time signatures, a lot of like avant-garde kind of. Are there any lyrics? Um, you might know a track from the '90s called "Come to Daddy." Come to Daddy. It, it was on MTV a lot back in the mid '90s. Sing it for me. Come to Daddy. <laughs> it literally sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> But moving on. Generally, are there lyrics? I hate. No, I don't know how no, people go. Like, no. let's go to this concert. Like, who's playing? Uh, some EDM. Like, what? You're just gonna go to a concert and it's just. It's not like that. Imagine like that, but broken up. I saw Aphex Twin in 2016 in Houston. It was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. H Town. H Town. Adriano, hello, Ariel. How many grams of salt are we to believe the headlines made by your good friend Chel P. Sonnen? A picogram, maybe? Last week, he was having a conversation and dropped some wild little nuggets that didn't seem to be picked up by much of the media. Headline number one, the biggest one, was that he believes Jones Pavlovich was in the works. But the reason for this is because he believes Stipe gained too much weight for his rematch that he thought was believed to be against France and Gunn when preparing for July to fight Jones. The coaches didn't like what they saw. Ones that I didn't see much headlines, I would love to get your opinion on it, was Floyd Mayweather did apparently get popped, but was swept under the rug. Conor McGregor is to enter the USADA pool officially on June 1st, which may possibly get him on the MSG card, and UFC can create an exemption for Conor, and even though he wouldn't be in the pool for at least six months, Adesanya versus the winner of Whitaker DDP isn't happening because it's a short time frame for the challenger to be prepared since the fight is in July, 293 is in September. I don't fucking know. The guy talks about all kinds of crazy stuff, uh, but it's his delivery and it's, it's his tone that is just also very lovable. Uh, he had a couple good nuggets in there, which drew my attention. But again, how much do we believe this man? He's chill. Like, he just gets to play by his own rules. And uh, it's 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 choose your, your adventure with him. If you want to believe it, God bless. If you don't, God bless. Definitely the uh, Stipe one I, I have not heard. And, and let me just say this. There is no chance in hell. I, I mean, I would be absolutely shocked. Shocked. Maybe they do it now because I say it. That they would put Connor and John Jones on the same card at MSG. There's just no chance. First of all, MSG, very expensive arena to run. One, two, both those guys are very expensive. You're not gonna splinter up, you know, the pay-per-view with with Connor and, and, and Jones. You're just not gonna do that. Connor, 
Uh, hey, Ariel, what are your thoughts on the recent run-in between Adesanya and Pereira in the airport? Both seem to have a lot of mutual respect for each other, um, for each other, despite the beef. Further, what are your thoughts on the reluctance of the UFC to make the trilogy? This seems like the perfect trilogy match to run back immediately, in my opinion. I mean, especially considering the fact that there's literally no one right now at 185 pounds, and they booked this... It should have been Drickus, in my opinion, and then they booked this fight against Robert Whitaker. But yeah, in case you missed it, uh, they were both at the airport, I believe, in Europe. Because I, I, I know Izzy was going to Puerto Rico, and I think Alex was in Europe coming home. And so maybe there was a stopover from New Zealand to Puerto Rico. I saw Izzy with uh, Logan Paul and Alex. Who the hell knows? Um, they ran into each other. They were in the security line. Uh, Izzy took a video of Alex. I, I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was kind of cool to see them kind of, you know, playing with each other in that in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think right now, if you look at the slate and what's to come back into the year, Izzy versus Alex 3 in MMA, other than the Connor fight, I think is one of the highest grossing fights in the UFC. I think it's just as big, believe it or not, to Jones Stipe because the current fan base, again, the ones that I'm talking to, the ones that Tough is appealing to, it's a whole new world out there, whole new fan base. They know Izzy very well. They love Izzy. He may be their favorite active fighter. They know Alex. They've seen the two fights. They're very recent. They don't know much about Stipe, they don't know much about John. They know John is the guy who came back after three years off and just beats real guy. Am I crazy for saying this, New York Rick? Yeah, you are. Really? In terms John, of John Jones is a is a cult of personality. Like you know, he's he's a different I'm saying he's a different beast. John I don't think Jones he needs Stipe. The, he doesn't need the dance partner. It's it's a, it's the John Jones show. He's still he's still the guy. Okay. I, I'm not arguing that, but John Jones Stipe business-wise. People don't know Stipe. You're right. Like, so which does bigger... Do you agree with me that Izzy versus Alex is gigantic business for the UFC? Big business for yes. the UFC. Yeah. Do you agree that back end of the year, outside of a Connor fight, which is just a different stratosphere, it's one of the biggest fights that they can make? Yeah. I would not put it above Jones, but it is one of the biggest. You don't think it could rival Jones Stipe? Nah. With the build, with the, the celebration, with what, the kid, uh, <laughs> with the knockout. I'm going to do the New York Rick. What do we def- define oh, like no. big? What, are, what Like big. I don't think it will do. I don't think it would do better on pay-per-view is what I'll say. John Jones is still going to do better on pay-per-view. GC, what do you think? Mm, still think John Jones does better. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Put it on the poll. You don't. Here's the thing about John Jones and and Conor McGregor, right? Because let's let's be honest, the same things you're talking about with John kind of apply to Conor, right? Like we it used to be like the Conor fans were the new fans. Now they're kind of like veterans in the game. Like the newer fans are he the pandemic fan. So does John, though. That's what I was about to say. Does he though? John, on the level John, of Conor, yeah. I know that 285 no, card no. was fantastic, but all the metrics surrounding that. Uh, just yeah. like the engagement on everyone's YouTube videos, social posts, the amount of pay-per-view buys that they had. I don't know the what the number was. For Jones? Yeah, it was, that 285 card was just so huge. Was it that much Jones. bigger than Izzy Pereira? Izzy Pereira was pretty damn big. It was big. It, it yeah, was. But, it, but I yeah, still was... think John Jones would be bigger. And I also feel like they'll, 
I mean, I could be wrong with this. I feel like they'll stack the card bigger around. around I think Dylan Izzy Pereira, and you, considering how Izzy just won, I think he is number one active, number two behind Connor in terms of popularity. Crazy or no? That I could I could see, especially with certain demographics. Here's the problem: mm-hmm. Izzy Pereira is is a, a relatively easy story to sell, right? R- huge rivalry. But there's nuance. You have to kind of tell the story, right? You have to take them from the kickboxing fights to this, to that, and now to the to the inevitable third MMA fight. Or maybe not inevitable, depending on what Alex does at 205. With John Jones, it's very easy, right? The sell is, and this works on casual fans, the GOAT is back. The greatest fighter of all time is fighting. Do you want to miss it? And that's it. And that's all you have to say, and it works. It'll work every time until he's no longer in that position. Okay, so I couldn't so, disagree more. I think that requires nuance. To explain why John Jones versus Stipe Miocic means something requires nuance. Izzy versus Pereira John versus Stipe. Is, is, is a, no, I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking that fight. I'm talking that fight versus that fight. I'm talking Izzy Pereira 3 versus Jones Miocic 1. Izzy Pereira is a car crash. We saw what happened in the first fight. Incredible. We saw what happened in the second fight. One of the great finishes and one of the great celebrations and one of the great rivalries at this point. And now you see this and what this created, this like little back and forth. These two guys are, you know, peanut butter and jelly. Stipe and John have no history. And and, and again, as I'm talking about this, I don't want you to think that I'm crapping on Stipe and John because that's a great fight. Obviously, it's historic. It's big. It's fun. It's all this stuff. All I'm saying is, I think Izzy Pereira 3 rivals Stipe John in terms of the business that it would generate because of how popular Izzy is right now and how popular Alex is, by the way. Alex is more popular right now in the MMA universe than Stipe. That's a fact. I agree with that. But here's here's the thing. It's not about Stipe. Stipe is just the foil because John picked him. St- John versus Sergey, John versus Stipe, it oh, doesn't really crazy. matter. It, the you think John versus is, Sergey does as well as... Well, no, because that's a real... Like, there's literally no promotional lift there um, from, from what half of the equation, although I don't know how much Stipe is really going to give either, but um, the, the story is John. The story is not the, the, the competition, right? With Izzy and Pereira, Izzy's next title defense, if it's not Pereira, isn't going to be as big as John's, true or false? Izzy's is 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 rivalry dependent, right? It's the story of Alex and Izzy. With John Jones, it's John Jones is back. Conor McGregor's back. Conor McGregor doesn't have to be fighting Michael Chandler. Now that's a great fight, and so is John and Stipe. But John Jones could be fighting anybody, and and it's a different story. It requires more nuance. Listen, I love that fight. I love that rivalry. I think it's huge. I think you're a hundred percent right. But it's just not as simple a sell as. Can, so, can, can we put? Can John we make Jones a YouTube poll here? I'm actually really curious. Yes, yeah, we can. So bigger fight. I think. I think. Which I'm fight will you. generate bigger business, X or Y? We're on it. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say I'm with you. I think it does rival it, but I think at the end of the day, the John Jones one is bigger. Close, right? Close. I, Rivals you, is a you, good you word. It'll give it a run for how many its money. Times Think of how many times casual fans have tuned into golf for Tiger or tennis <sighs> yes. for Serena. John Jones is is that guy? Is he is not that guy? I'm the like, the casual. It's a different thing. It's a different really, thing. really come out for John Jones. I, I mean, love the rivalry. The, I th- I think it's up there, but it's it's different. It's completely. The different. morning after the John Jones fight, I went to a diner in New Jersey, and there's like people just sitting there arguing about John Jones and what's next for him in yeah. the UFC and everything like that. I never see that ever. Do we agree though that Izzy Pereira is the biggest fight that they can make for Izzy next? 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no doubt, oh, no yeah. doubt, massively, right. Right. massively. As long as we agree with that, uh, well, I mean, to his credit, because he's just destroyed everybody. Like Israel sure, has sure. run through everybody. This is this is what we need. Bigger fight. We is need he that, Pereira that three or is he Jones? <laughs> I mean, that would be the no. That's that obviously some Izzy Jones. Real yeah, I was about to say, like, right. being serious, right? Yeah, no, that that's obvious. Jones comes back down yeah, yeah, the yeah, lightweight after that. You think five year real, real question? Do you think we'll ever hear like the whispers of that one again? Like maybe when Izzy's like kind of like he's gotten through two more two more title fights. Maybe maybe do you if think John doesn't want to like, fight Sergey or he doesn't feel motivated by that, he's like, let me just go down real quick. I, I feel like Izzy would have to be at two oh five. Like Izzy had already had a fight at two oh five, and uh, now John Jones yeah. is like, fuck it, I'll meet in the middle, meet in the middle. Let's go. That would be unbelievable. Uh, the build would be so freaking great <laughs> oh, dude, for that. God, incredible. I mean, that would be like world tour quality shit. The trash yeah. talk would be amazing. God, I wish we got that. Um, Dylan, Ireland crew, longtime follower from Toronto. Hello. Would love your thoughts on this. This includes Rick GC, Mysterious Frank, as you all represent different viewpoints through different eras of the UFC. There is, excuse me, often an annual discussion about the best division. Do you guys think that the best division is partially determined by the competitiveness of the division in relation to its current champion? Divisions where there have been more title-changing hands in contrast to divisions with champions with long defense streaks. Were divisions perceived competitive... Oh, were divisions perceived competitiveness like light heavyweight damaged by John Jones or middleweight by Anderson? Thanks, as all. I guess it's hard to say. I think with Anderson and even with Jones to a degree, because they beat everyone, then you're you're standing around saying like who's left, you know, what's next, and it feels shallow as a result to a division where the title is changing hands a lot. But I think we could all tell when there's like one fifty five has great talent, one thirty five has great talent. That talent um isn't on the same level, and I mean this in favor of the former as 205 or heavyweight right now. And I think we could all get that. Um, I, to the question, I don't necessarily think the dominant champion dictates how good the champion is. Or excuse me, dictates how good the weight class is, is what I meant to say. So just because you have a dominant champion, like DJ was dominant, the rest of the division really had nothing to do with how we viewed the weight class. I think we all knew back then the division was a little bit shallow. Um, who's a long reigning champion right now? Well, I think a good like kind of like comparison for this would be Charles Oliveira, right? Because everybody thinks of 155 as a shark tank and then they look at his title run and that's what made it kind of special is how many good guys he was going through and continuing to um, keep that run. I think there's definitely, you know, points of comparison that can be made, but I think of it less of an indictment of like, is the division weak or shallow and more a credit to how hard it is to be a yeah, long no. champion. I just don't know if it's black and even, white like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely not. I a hundred percent agree with you there. It's not, it's, it's not as simple as here's like the thing. Long John Jones champion. was super, super dominant, but there was a murderer's row when he was there at the top yep. of the beginning. Right. There was um, Shogun and, and, and Rampage and Rashad and Vitor Belfort and all these dudes like, but it felt like there was this huge gap and that they were lesser than just because he was dominating them. So it, it's it, hard. The it's context hard. matters. Yeah. The context matters. How do they do it against each other? How do, how do the rest of the division do when they fight each other and not the champion? I think that's where you kind of get into the, 
into the weeds and where you can suss out where the division is. Like I would argue the top of the middleweight division is very strong, but Israel Adesanya has still kind of exactly. remained on top. Yeah, Whitaker. So it's hard. You have right. to you have to have more context. It's it's not as simple as that. But it is it is a tribute to the feat of how long oh how hard it is to reign as long as guys like DJ, even Israel, John Jones, and guys like that have uh, Anderson Silva. It's it's an incredible feat. Blaine, writing this before the premiere of The Ultimate Fighter, are you and the crew excited for this upcoming season? I know one person who is. Uh, what is the best season of The Ultimate Fighter? For me, my favorite season, there's a few that come to mind. Tough Five uh, holds a very special place in my heart because I was the SpikeTV.com blogger for Tough Five, and that was Nate Diaz and Gray Maynard and Manny Gamburian and Rob Emerson, um, that whole crew, the lightweights, BJ Penn and Jens Pulver, uh, I enjoyed Tough Three, the comeback season. Uh, no, that was Tough Four. Excuse me. Tough Three was Bisping, Matt Hamill, um, Kendall Grove, Josh Haynes, Ross Poynton. Uh, that was fun. That was Tito and Ken. That felt like they were leveling up. Tough Four was the comeback season, which was a lot of fun. Tough Ten was a lot of fun. That was the Kimbo heavyweight season, Rampage Rashad. Um The strawweight season was fun because we knew all these people. We knew Carlos Barza. We knew... Joanne Calderwood, we knew Tisha Torres, we knew Rose Namajunas um, from just being the best strawweights in the world and from Invicta, etc. So those are a few that come to mind. Tough one, obviously, will be very special because it was the first. By the way, we were talking to GC about Tough. New York Rick, are you excited for Tough? Are you into it? Do you have to watch it? No. Are you watching it? I'm watching. Um, I, I, I watched the first episode, but it's, you know, the formula hasn't changed in two decades, so it's not... It's the same thing, it's not for right? me. Like you said, it's not for me. Look, if you're going to put Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler on the show, all due respect to these fighters, like the show needs to be 70% Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. Right. It can't be the same for it can't be the same formula. It cannot be we're going to learn their backstories and the only people who are going to care about these backstories are the people who are sticking in for the entire tough season and you already got them anyway. It's not getting anybody to stick. And then you get to the end of the season and everybody's already tuned out. You need you need to change the formula. the The mixture needs to be different. The pie needs to be changed, and it needs to be Conor Just McGregor and Michael to Chandler. appeal to us, but to the newer fans, is great. This is wonderful. Is it? I've never seen I the hope. transitions. I've never seen all this. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Out so, of curiosity, Rick, like you, you're obviously what I uh, what is it called? The challenge. Yeah, you're like a oh, huge challenge it. fan. So, like, what is changing yeah. in that show? Like, great that, question that keeps great you question. so locked in. So, well, for question. one, it's it's a certain things that are not changing. It's the constant cast members, right? We've got now 20, 30 years of history of, of this show, and they are still there. Like, the legends of the game are still around. They've created offshoot legend seasons. Um, they changed the locales. They changed the themes. They changed the storylines, the way the voting is done. Everything gets refreshed on a nearly season-to-season uh, -season basis. So, but it's the same characters. Lots of, lots of turnover. That's the point, right? I'm not learning about 10 new people that I'm not going to care about by the end of this run. I'm watching the people that I grew up watching. It's it's a continuation. It's it's the same people in a different environment. That's what I want, right? I don't know. Like I don't really know how like reality television fans work cuz if you make the argument for like a bachelor or bachelorette which are like wildly successful, it feels like those are just the same exact formula with different yeah. people every single season. Yeah, and by the end, you're supposed to care about them. But I think uh, for me, like, I can only speak for myself. I'm not invested in any of the people. Um, 
the level of talent to Ariel's point is completely diluted, right? There used to be a, there used to like season five, Ariel was talking about season five. Season five is one of my favorites. Season five and 10 are, are probably the two that I stuck the closest to. We got guys like Nate Diaz on season five, you know, like it, it's just not there anymore. It's just not the same. Um, but yeah, it, look, if it's working for somebody else, that's fine. But this is why it doesn't work for me. Like I, if this season is sold on the, on the shoulders of Conor McGregor and, Michael Chandler, they shouldn't be in a in a, a supporting role. They shouldn't be in a supporting capacity. All right, there you have it. Fair enough. By the way, Frank, you watching the Ultimate Fighter? I missed the first episode. Yeah. You were still sad about the stars. It was very sad. Why would you have to bring that up? I've never seen someone who was so sad about a team that he only started rooting for three weeks is, ago. I think that's what? the biggest thing. That's why I feel like it's a bit. Like it's, it's like, just like couldn't be bothered to even see one mentioned. star score the entire season and now like now we're getting text updates like I texted guys, him at my, one point. My, my, my birthday's him at one point. <laughs> he he's just enough, like, he's texting too much. Like, what what the hell do you guys want? Well, here's the thing is that we'll text eighty times in a row and then Frank will just be like, Dang, the stars are down one out. I mean it's I texted really him blows, about guys. the about them, about the Sunday plans and he's just like you just better hope that the stars win or i'm going to be in a really bad Frank, can i can i give you a point of advice frank can i give you a little bit of advice i think you're going to do it regardless of what i said i know if you if you don't want it i won't hear it go ahead come on i think you overcorrected a little bit Uh, to to their criticism uh, i think when they were like ribbing you about the stars thing you overcorrected to now a little too much texting and that's what they're now feeling they're oh, feeling wow. that overcorrection i think you got to just ride with what you are you know like I'll, don't I'll have to explain don't... joe has been very receptive to my well you guys have been having side conversations about well, the stars he has because <laughs> you're roasting him in the main <laughs> experience something similar what with boston joe has mentioned the bruins he's we know he's a boston no, sports no, fan i mean with the nba yeah, but yeah, the Celtics. As as soon as I knew Joe, as soon as I met him, I mean, within days or weeks of meeting him, I found out he is a, an all Boston sports fan. Like it's like he it mentions the them in the regular season. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, Celtics doing great. Bruins doing great. Did this bet? Patriots, the Bruins, this the Celtics. Oh yeah, Patriots. Bills on. You know, light jabbing. Uh, another coworker comes in, not involved with the show, is giving Joe shit for being down three zero in the series. <laughs> like it's we 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 know we know where this stands. Oh, wait, the stars came I out of nowhere. Manual on how to talk to you guys about teams. No, but it's like I'll, by the way, you didn't even. Get home. But here's See, the this thing: is, this is my point, Frank. Just do your thing. You're oh, don't 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 listen to You've the feedback. You've been receptive. Don't. Thank you, Ray. But the crazy thing about it is, they just got bounced in the Western Conference Finals, right? You only started talking to them in the second Super. round. You didn't even start talking about them in the first round, and all of a sudden you're like, anyway, and guys, by the way, this really sucks about I the really stars. I really hope that Vegas wins the. Call. And then you started talking about how your favorite player on the team is Mike Madano, and I was like, "All right, like, what what is going on here?" I know I'm living and dying with every Devils playoff game, and he's just like, "Yeah, nice, you've man. made that known. You, nice. you you made that public." But he's not mentioning. He's like, "Yeah, you know, stars. I'm sweating that out as well." Look, Eichel is going to deliver. And the other thing is, he's like, "This he 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 writes like this really blows with no context, assuming that we're all watching the fucking Dallas Stars game on a Sunday night on Memorial Day weekend." When, when did he hit us? When did he hit us and was like, "Finally, let's go Stars!" And yeah. I was like, "I, I did." No one is, is watching I have no this. Idea what's going on in this game? Like you know, Please. we got. By, by the way, it's a big L on your part, Frank. If I'm being honest, because like we we got Rick invested in Forrest. He's watching Forrest. Yeah. You did you did a poor job of getting it. We would have jumped. I would have jumped on the bandwagon. I've got no, you know, I've got no team to root for in the NHL playoffs. I would, but all you did was like 
this blows, this great, awesome, go stars, emoji with a cowboy hat. Oh my God, this is unbelievable. Emoji with a cowboy hat. I'm not going to lie, at one point I woke up uh, early in the morning to a text from Ariel was like, congrats, Frankie. And Frank just responded with like three stars emojis. And for like the first hour, hour and a half that I was awake, I was like, what is that about? What is what is, I knew what what is Ariel even talking? I mean, yeah, clearly you guys knew what it was, but like that's how disconnected I am with the stars, that I saw the stars emoji and didn't even think. How about when uh, they won and Ariel know. the next morning is like, sorry, Frank. I'm like, about I read it wrong. <laughs> no, that was that a masterclass in texting that he said, sorry, Frankie. And then we're like, dude, the stars won, chill. And then when they got bounced, he responds to the sorry, Frankie with sorry, Frankie. I mean, that I, was... I mean, I, I actually went and checked for you and i totally read it wrong i read the score wrong and so oh wow you know you, well that was really nice of you so yeah next so, year. So, expect what, what did we learn here today I, I feel like make your make your team declarations very public and clear very public uh and don't did and you don't guys hear me course. talk about vegas three times now yeah, yeah, yeah. what now you're a vegas fan no you can't do that come on are we gonna get text Updates yeah, on the Vegas just, nights now? Do you not listen to anything? Uh, I say? No, we're not getting text updates on the Vegas nights. No, I can't. I can't deal with that. Um, Nick the Dane, gang. Jim Miller fights again this weekend. Yes, he has the most fights in the octagon. With this being his forty second. Yes, will he make it to UFC three hundred? I don't see why not. What is this two two ninety coming up next week? He's like right there. Why would it, I mean his next fight could very well be at UFC three hundred? I know. I know he likes to fight. You know, rather you know. Often, but when is UFC three? If two ninety one, let's try to figure this out. Two ninety one is going to be, um, which is two ninety one? Oh, July twenty nine. Two ninety two is August nineteen. Then let's say there's one in September two ninety three. Then let's say there's the October in Abu Dhabi two ninety four. Two ninety five MSG two ninety six is December Vegas usually. 297 January and there's there might be a double up here but let's just assume 297 January 298 February 299 March they did two in March this past year so we're talking March or April right which is weird because 100 and 200 were in July International Fight Week but I guess it's going to be uh, March or April so yes I mean he might get one more in but I don't see why not uh, will he be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame that's a good question never was a champion um, never was really a title contender per se, but I mean, I don't see why not. If he makes it to 300, sure, why not? Uh, is there anyone in the UFC right now that could eventually beat his record setting amount of fights? Arlovsky will be at 40, but there's got to be some young blood who will top this, right? I mean, yeah, who knows? It's, it's, it's hard to say, um... I mean, Raul it could, it could be, I was just going right? to say, it could be a Raul Ruff, a young guy. But, like, it's not like, um, it's, 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 it's not like he came into the UFC as an 18-year-old, you know? It's just a matter of if they're able to remain healthy and want to be active and things like that. Uh, so, who knows? Uh, Abe, uh, love the interview in Bromance with Ade Oladipo. Yes, he's great. Big fan. Chael's a must-have guest for post-pay-per-view Monday and I feel Ade should be the same for post-big-time boxing card shows. Why not? We're pretty much the boxing hour here. Um, 
Anyway, he made the point that Nganu versus a top boxer goes badly for Le Predateur. Unfortunately, I agree. But what about his first boxing match being against a recently retired top boxer slash former world champ, someone like David Hay, Tony Bellew, Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, I don't, I, you know, Bellew's definitely retired. Klitschko seems very busy right now. Maybe a David Hay. Am I crazy to think that he would, I mean, I feel like he would beat David Hay. Klitschko, I don't know. I don't want to see a guy who's like retired four or five years. My reason being, it becomes a more winnable slash even fight while still having an opponent with the name value to generate interest. I get it, but I don't think he wants to fight someone who has retired four or five years ago. Um, I get what you're saying. doesn't seem like that's the play that he's going after, at least. P.S. Hope to see you all at Wembley or WWE Money in the Bank in London. Your biggest fans are here in the UK. You know yourself. Much love your boy, Bay. I will be in London at the O2 in uh, early July, late June, early July for Money in the Bank. Uh, my last official assignment for BT Sport, not because I'm leaving, but because on July 18th, they're changing their name to TNT Sports. And I don't think I'll be doing anything between July 1st, 2nd, and July 18th. So uh, yeah, one last hurrah with the BT brand, if you will. Uh, so that should be fun. Back in London was there last year. Uh, Manji, Ayu Bowan Ariel, last Wednesday, marked the ninth anniversary of TJ Dillashaw finishing Hannah Brow for the first time. To win the Bantamweight title, one of the biggest upsets and one of the biggest betting underdog wins in MMA history. Can we talk about the Baron? Before he got beat that night, he was the number three ranked pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Uh... Um, I don't know what's going on. Okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, he was on a freaking 32-fight winning streak, which included nine fights under Zufa. People go to his Wikipedia page and see a bad run to end his career and give no love to what he achieved. Can we show some love to Hannah Brown? Yeah, he was one of the best. I mean, at one point, when Dominic Cruz was injured, he was the man at 135 pounds. Um, I do wonder, though, if that missed... You know, obviously, the loss at 173 was huge, but then missed weight 177 and there were reports that he hit his head. And I feel like that changed the trajectory of his career. Like he was never quite the same after that. That's the one where he pulled out on just day's notice. And then, um, oh no, sorry, hours notice. And Joe Soto stepped in to fight TJ Dillashaw in Sacramento and, and, and Dillashaw beat him. I feel like that changed everything for him. The 173 loss was huge, but what happened at 177, um, was, you know, was detrimental to his health, in my opinion. P.S., I hate when people take fighters' accolades away because of a bad run. Anderson, BJ, Tony Ferguson are a few that face the same fate, 100%, 1,000%. That's why it's hard to, you know, argue with someone who maybe didn't watch BJ in his prime and you say, like, BJ's one of the all-time best and like, what? The guy ended his career with five straight losses. But like, no, at one point, he was top two pound for pound in the world top three at worst. It was it was Fyodor, it was Anderson, it was him. Um, yeah, Hannah Burrell, one, two, three, four, five, five straight losses he ended his UFC career. Beat Phil Nova, prior to that, lost two in a row. But you look at prior to that, and he's beating everyone. 
He's freaking prior to the TJ Dillashaw loss. He went into the TJ Dillashaw fight 32 and one, 32 and one. And he was beating a who's who Uriah Faber, Eddie Wineland, Michael McDonald, Scott Jorgensen, Brad Pickett, Cole Escovedo, Chris Carriasso. I mean, these were the top guys. But then, you know, he, I, I really think what happened at 177, hitting his head on the sink, changed everything for him. All right. A uh, few more questions, and we shall get to them uh, in a bit. For now, though, uh, let us go to the man who is headlining his very first UFC card. He is doing so this Saturday at the world's famous. Apex in Las Vegas. Uh, we last saw him last July, so it has been quite some time since we've seen the pride of New Zealand one Kaikar France in action. We get to see him back in action, which I know is very exciting to many fans, including our very own GC, who's rocking the Kaikar France shirt on today's episode. Let us go to Vegas and say hello to Kaikar France. Hello, sir. How are you? Morning, Ariel. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, are you not adjusted to the time zone there? Because I saw weren't you were online very early this morning, and I was it was like eight, seven a.m. my time, which is like four a.m. your time. I was a little concerned about your sleep patterns. Is everything okay? Yeah, no, we're good. Okay, <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> I was probably just up going toilet because I'm water loading at the moment. Oh no, yeah, that's no fun. All right, so I just wanted to make sure you did just receive your bags though. Three days without your bags. Yeah, yeah, just got them. But uh, I knew, like, something I've learned early on in my fight career, always pack your mouthpiece and your carry-on. That's all you need to fight. That and your health, all the hard work's done, so you don't have to worry about a bag. So we were good either way, but it came today, so. A bit annoying? Like, were you you annoyed? Were you agitated? It's always annoying when the bag doesn't show up, right? It is, but it's out of my control. Like, I don't really put energy into it. I just, it is what it is. I'm not really one to um, hold on to things. It's fight week. you got to adapt. You have to be able to just roll roll with it. It's just how it goes. It's never going to be smooth sailing. And that's that's what I love about uh, the fight game. I travel 15 hours um, to go compete, and you just have to go with it. And then fight day, you just got to be able to perform at your best. So yeah, it's all a part of it. Um, obviously, I'm assuming you were happy. You got the the call to headline uh, your first UFC event, but it is all the way in Las Vegas. Uh, would you Would you rather fight closer to home and maybe not be the headliner? Are you Are you okay with this? I mean, it is it's a long journey for you. Yeah, it, it's one of these things where the UFC trusts me to deliver. They want me to showcase this flyweight division, and um, that's what I bring to the table. That's what I bring. That's what I'll be bringing Saturday night is. Going for these finishes, uh, I've had five, uh, five or six bonuses now. Um, you know, eleven, twelve knockouts on my record. So that's it's in my resume to, to to put on exciting fights. So it's it's nice that the UFC, you know, see that. And um, here we are now headlining. So wherever it is, it's always uh, great that you know we can be the the main fight and and um, get more more attention, more people watching. And um, I can go out there and remind everyone why I'm one of the best flyers in the world. Uh, we were supposed to see you in February. Unfortunately, the fight didn't go as planned. What happened there? Uh, just an injury. So I had a back injury that was uh, flaring up, and, and I just had to rest. That's something that I've had to kind of uh, put into my, my training and my camps is to invest back into my body, more recovery, more mobility, more um investing so 
it's been a it's been a nice reset. Uh, you know, our camps are so long and so hard at City Kickboxing that you know it, it is definitely on the verge of overtraining. So we have to be told to like pull back. Um, I'm one of these guys that are, you know, I do everything uh, that I can. Um, you know, I'm constantly in the gym, constantly trying to push push those boundaries, push those limits. So it's something that uh, yeah, it's it's just to have longevity. You have to be able to adapt and and uh, pull back when you need to. So uh, I'm glad that uh, it wasn't, you know, um, it was an injury, but it wasn't a major injury where, you know, I was sidelined for, for uh, too long. So uh, this will be 11 months since I last fought. So a lot of time to kind of uh, reflect and regroup. Um, but I've been busy. I've been busy outside of the, the cage. Um, and I want to ask you about that in a moment. But speaking of the 11 months, last time we saw you was in July. That was such a big fight for you. Uh, and, and I know you were very upset afterwards to to kind of sit on that moment and not fight for 11 months coming off that fight. How has that sat with you? No, I left it in the cage. I didn't take it off me. Um, you know, I was proud of the camp I put together. Um, I was winning that fight until I wasn't. And that's the positives that we can take away from it. It just shows that I'm right there with the best guys. You know, Moreno is a great fighter, a great champion. Did great against Figgy, made it look easy. Um, and it just showed that you know, we, we were right there. So having a teammate like Izzy, who's beaten, uh, who just beat a guy that's beaten him three times, just reminds me that it's possible. It's it's something that I've, I'll never lose sight of. And it's something that, um, that's the end goal, is to be a flyweight world champion. So, um, yeah, we've, we've learned from that experience, you know, being in my first five-rounder, my first world title fight. Um, and I'm older now. I'm 30. I've I'm, I'm got more experience, a lot more wiser. And, um, yeah, we, we just do it again. By the way, how do you, like, I know you say you leave it in the cage. How do you actually do that? How do you actually leave some, like, I, I just feel like that's like an unnatural human thing. It's such a big fight, so much poured into it. How do you, I don't doubt that you did it. I just want to know how you did that because I feel like that, that secret could be applied to anything that happens to us that we don't achieve in our lives. But then we, I, I, I tend to harp on things. I tend to be a glass half empty guy who laments things for weeks. How do you actually do that? Well, you just got to take it for what it is. It's, yeah, it's a fight. It's a world title fight, but it's not, you know, um, you know, I've still got my health. I'm, I can still fight another day. So that's what I put energy into. I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I don't hold on to it because it's not going to do me any good, you know, taking that with me and, and having that as a burden to, to where I want to be and, and progression and also like you know having a family that and having a son that's looking up to me I've got another one on the way and another baby on the way um, I've got to be able to just regroup pick myself back up and, and um, show this is how you pick yourself up from a loss and any adversity um, there's a lot of uh, life lessons in that so yeah I don't really dwell on it it's just we, we reflect we be honest definitely um, dissect what we need to from it but um in regards to a loss you know, i've taken losses before in my career look look i'm still fighting the best guys in the world i'm still here um in the ufc headlining a card and um you know saturday night you get to remind people why i'm one of the best guys uh by the way when is your second child entering this world uh august august 16 is oh, wow. a few dates so yeah not too far away we're just over halfway, or more than halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and do we know the sex? 
no, no, no. It's going to be a surprise. So I like it. Something this year, I've, what I've wanted to do is be more patient. So it's a, a great way to practice it. Did you did you uh, leave it as a surprise the first time around? No, the first time we we found out early, but this time you know it's just there's no either way. Blessed boy or girl, um, my brother, uh, my my sorry, my son's going to be a great. He's going to love having a sibling, and he's going to be a great brother to um, to whatever it is. So yeah, it's it's nice that growing the growing the tribe, growing yeah. the uh, the France Fano and. Um, yeah, this is this is what I love to do. I love having um, more responsibility, more I guess purpose, more things to fight for. Um, keeps me hungry, keeps me accountable, and just keeps me pushing to be better. Uh, by the way, not a lot of people doing that these days. They do like the reveal thing with the balloons and this or that. I love that. Very old school. Uh, I have three kids, and all of them were surprised. The 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 gender was a surprise, and and there's no feeling like that. There's very few surprises left in life, and so much respect to you guys for for leaving it to that. I, I love that. It's uh, it's a very special thing. And so, all right, so we're getting this call to to headline this event, and and just curious about that Australia card. Getting a chance to fight so close to home, I'm sure, was very exciting for you. Um, what what was it like when you had to make the call that you know you couldn't fight on that card with the likes of Alex Volkanovski and so many others because it had been such a tough three years for you guys, especially you guys, right? Everything when when you had to make that call. Yeah, definitely. It was a um, it was one of those. I was gutted that I missed out, but I was still there as a guest fighter, so I got to soak up that uh, atmosphere and just seeing the fans how excited they were to have the UFC back on home soil and and the flesh seeing it seeing it in their own city so that was awesome being in Perth and, and um, you know just, just soaking up their energy with um, with my home hometown support um, but yeah it was it was uh, a shame because that crowd was crazy like just seeing only in Australia you would get the chance that were going around um, only in Australia that they're so vocal like that I, I think at one point they were trying to get a beer tower around the whole stadium so they were stacking up cups Oh my trying God. to get them around. I think Tai Tuivasa did about 12,000 shoeys that day. And he was just, yeah, it was just awesome to be there and, and um, to see Alex go out there and, and um, lay it on the line, challenge himself. And, you know, the Rob was, the crowd was robbed of that win. Um, Alex was robbed of that win. Like it would have been amazing. The, the atmosphere would have exploded. Um, and it just, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a tough one when it doesn't work out like that, but, um, regardless of, of uh, that outcome, it was such a big success for the UFC to be back in Australia, and they're coming back in September. So not looking past them there, not looking past this Saturday at all, but I'm expecting a lot of fighters from our gym um, to be a part of this, and it's great for local fighters to get their shot uh, to be able to fight in the UFC. Uh, what are the things that you said you're you're doing outside of the cage in, in this little you know break, if you will? What, what are those things? Um, yeah, so the time I've been away, I've been busy filming a documentary so it's called caged uh it was um streamed on a mainstream platform in new zealand called tvnz so massive platform to uh i guess showcase combat sports and my journey into the ufc and how i got there um the cameras were following me since my last title fight in dallas so they got to see the build-up um they were pretty much trying to humanize what we're doing. So people get to see the insights and, you know, how I balance being a father, husband, um, how I, you know, prepare for a world title fight, 
uh, life after losing a world title fight, what happens, you know, um, they followed me to Tahiti. I was doing seminars over there, um, going back into my hometown, back onto Amarai down in Napier, um, going over to New York, um, um, supporting Izzy for his world title fight. So people got to see a lot of um, insight into, you know, what actually goes on into into my world. And then also the interviews with my wife, with my mum and dad, with my brother, with my coach, Eugene, with Izzy, Dan. So it was awesome to get, you know, how they actually think of me and um, my journey. It's it's such a – it's pretty surreal when you look back and how far I've come and where I am now um, to be, you know, be the only 1% that make it in the sport and especially on my side of the world. So pretty privileged and honoured to be able to showcase that and represent New Zealand combat sports. Um, so now people that don't necessarily watch fighting are my audience now and awesome thing about it is just another chapter I'm still in my career I, I'm still you know on this path and now they're on that journey following me into this fight so that's been something I've been doing um, also I'm coaching for a rugby team down at uh, it's the Warriors is the team it's a rugby league team in New Zealand a professional team so I, I teach the wrestling and uh, kind of the mental aspect that fighting has taught me and what martial arts has taught me and how I can implement that to them on the field and help them in their sport. Also efficiency on, you know, how to how to use your body and then also how to use your weight. So I'm a flyweight, but I can make myself feel like a heavyweight. So heaps of things I've been able to take away from being in that space and, and being in that coaching environment, but also uh, building together. Um, so now, you know, I've told the boys before I left that, I've been watching them play every week, and now it's my turn to go out there, go out there, and, and um, go to battle. So it's great that we can collab, City Kickboxing, the Warriors, um, and yeah, do it together. Okay, I I love both of the things <laughs> you just talked about. Number one, uh, can we see that documentary here in the United States, or at any point will it be here? Um, it it will be there. It will be available um, eventually. It just plays in New Zealand um, for the time being. Okay, but. You know, we we've got all that content. So once once it's I guess finished its deal in New Zealand, then we can showcase it to the rest of the world. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. It's called Caged okay. by Kaikara France. And uh, I I have seen um, photos and stuff of you teaching the rugby players at at the gym. I see Izzy as well involved a little bit, but like you're the coach, meaning. Like, are you working with them on a consistent daily basis? I thought it was just like a hey, you know, like I saw one time. Alex Volkanovsky shooting baskets with one of like the Australian. And I was like, oh, that's a nice promotional thing. You're actually on the staff? Yeah, I did the preseason last year. Wow. Uh, for three for three months, I was taking them twice a week. Um, and then in season, it's, uh, you know, I'm not the priority training. I'm just uh, complimentary. So I come in every two weeks, just when they can fit me in. So these guys are traveling pretty much every week into Australia to compete. So um, I'm just coming in there to, you know, give advice, um, upskill as well as um, just keep them sharp, keep the standards high. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm heavily involved. Um, this is a team I've grown up watching. So wow. it's pretty surreal for me to be be involved in, and, um, you know, looking at the coaching staff. They were guys that I grew up watching. So now, you know, I'm working alongside them and just seeing how open-minded they are. That's what I've loved about it is they're really welcoming. And I brought my teammate in, John Vucky, that, he went to the Commonwealth for wrestling so he can help when I'm not there. So he's, you know, helping out now. Um, and it's just awesome that we can collab and, and I bring them into the gym sometimes. So city kickboxing, they can mix it up with uh, the boys and then 
most of the time I'm down at their gym um, where they play their games in their stadium at Mount Smart Stadium. So, yeah, it's, it's cool that I can be in that space. And I, I learn a lot myself, just how a professional team approaches uh, a season. You know, these guys have done most of the work in the preseason and then in the season, it's just about nursing injuries and how they have longevity and how they uh, manage the travel. So many things that play a massive part in uh, a professional sport. So, yeah, it's it's great that I can um, represent them now as well. I love that. That that is a brilliant uh, role for you, especially since you you know you grew up watching that team. And and you mentioned uh, Izzy's win in April for someone like yourself who kind of you know a little bit in the same boat, right? Like you were coming off a loss, mm-hmm. and I saw the video of you. Uh, reacting in the video of Alex, like just how tight knit all of you are, is 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 pretty special. Um, can you describe what that does to you? I know it was like a couple months before your fight, but just to see that and witness that, and the way in which he did it, as you're preparing for your fight, what does that do to you? Yeah, just it's inspiring. It's just like a just a reminder that it's all possible. Everything that you want in life is it's all right there. You just have to hold on to that. And that's what I love about Izzy and his uh, approach. He never lost sight of what he wanted to do, and he never lost sight of beating this guy. He he always knew, okay, I can get it back. Um, and I, I love the way he talked about losing in front of uh, in Madison Square Garden. Like for this next fight, nothing else can hurt him because it's already happened, right? So it was like freeing, and that's what you saw in there. There was just like, there's nothing to lose. It's 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 already happened. So what what have I got to fear? So um, yeah, just really just in awe of his whole story and and what how he's able to overcome all of that. And people keep bringing up it's three and one, but that's probably one of the biggest sporting moments in our generation. It's just the way he did it, the backstory, um, the history, and, and you know how many people were watching that fight. So. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing um, to see it all happen, and you know you saw the excitement that we had on our our faces just because it was shocking. Like no one expected that. How do you suspect Saturday's fight goes? So yeah, Saturday, um, uh, I'm welcoming the challenge to this guy Amir. He's got you know hype around him. He's on a win streak. He's got momentum. But I'm here to stop that. I'm here to take that and, and use it to get my t- uh, title uh, back on track. So that's what I plan on doing. Um, you know, I fought these guys before. I fought these wrestlers. I fought these guys that are undefeated. Um, I fought these grapplers. So um, we've done our homework and uh, we'll be ready. So I'm expecting a great fight. I'm, ex- I'm expecting him to bring the fight to me and, and uh, I'm expecting him to put him away. Looking forward to it very much. Welcome back, Kai, and uh, thank you as always for the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, just a few days before this big comeback fight for you. Uh, good luck, my friend. Take care, and we'll talk to you very soon. Appreciate it, Ariel. Thank you. Take care. There he is, Kai Kai France of City Kickboxing in New Zealand. Big fight for him against Amir Albazi, as he said, uh, on a bit of a run here, the Prince. Um, how many wins in a row here is it? Uh, it's one, two, a lot of canceled fights. Three, four, five wins in a row for Amir Albazi. Uh, big fight. In the flyweight division, Albazi training out of Las Vegas, born in Iraq, so he didn't have to um, he didn't have to travel very far for this fight, unlike Kaikar France. I'd love to see that documentary. And the Izzy documentary is uh, premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival 
on June the 11th. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one as well. A lot of great docs out there in the world of MMA and fighting. Now, speaking of fighting and speaking of something that may uh, be a doc one day, how about the fight that was announced late last week? It's a fight that we've been talking about for... I don't know, four or five years at this point. It's the undisputed welterweight title fight. And it's another undisputed title fight being gifted to the fighting fans, to the boxing fans in particular this year. There have been a ton already. Uh, Of course, we had uh, just a couple of weekends ago, Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, We also had on that same night, Katie Taylor uh, going up against Chantal Cameron. And just days later, we find out that we are finally getting Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence, July 29th in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena, Showtime pay-per-view. It's actually happening! One of the most anticipated fights in the history of boxing, certainly of the past decade or so. We've been talking about it for so long. They figured it out. It's going down, and it is a great honor to talk to the one and only Terrence Crawford once again. Here he is, Bud Crawford in the house. Hello, Terrence, my man. Thank you so much for the time. appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, wow, this is very exciting. This is a fight that transcends boxing, right? This is a fight that MMA fans, that sports fans, that non-sports fans, everyone is interested in this. Everyone's been hearing about this. So let me ask you this. How close was this to not happening once again? Was it ever, like, did you ever feel, oh my God, we're going to do this again? We're going to get to the finish line and it's going to fall through? Or did this time around, did it feel different? Oh, for sure. This time around felt completely different. You know, uh, me and Earl, we actually got on the phone and we both agreed that we both was going to do our best to make sure this fight happened. And we got it done. Wow. So we're here now. We're about to put on, you know, one of the best welterweight showdowns in in a long time. Uh, who called who as far as you and Errol? Who made the call first? Well, I call him, you know, I'm like, hey, listen, man, let's let's get it on, you know. And he was like, he was all for it. So, you know, we both had the same mission, the same goal, and that's to become undisputed what's way champion of the world and make history. So, you know, we both we both agreed that we was gonna do what we can to get the fight done. And now we're here. I love that. Uh, by the way, how long ago was that phone call? Oh, we 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 talked here and there, you know, from the beginning of the year to up until, you know, we got the the uh, contract signed. Okay. And is the contract signed? Because there are still some people out there like, I'm only going to believe this when I see them in the ring on July 29th. Is it officially signed on your end and to the best of your knowledge on his end as well? Yes. To the best of my knowledge, everything is signed. I've signed my part. And I believe that he signed his part. So everything is everything. Uh, did you have to make any concessions? Uh, not really, just mandatories. Like we got a mandatory rematch. Other than that, no. Uh, the interesting thing about this rematch clause is that it, it works both ways, right? You both have a rematch clause, which I actually kind of like. Like I, I didn't like the fact that Ryan Garcia didn't have a rematch clause with Tank Davis, that only Tank had it. Is that accurate that you both have a rematch clause? Definitely, yes. And well, it's different. It's different in the in the Ryan and Tank situation. When you looked at Ryan and Tank, Ryan really didn't have much to bring to the table or much to offer. Ryan never was actually a world champion, 
Brian didn't have no title, so he didn't have really nothing to stand on. Other than his name, his stature, um, you know, I, I, I get that, but I just feel like this makes it totally fair. By the way, why does that come up when I ask you about a concession? Did, did you not want to have a rematch clause in there at all? Well, me, uh, really, I really didn't care, you know, but if it makes if it makes sense for us to have a rematch, then it makes sense. You know, uh, I'm off for everything. I just want to get the fight done. Right. Um, and is it accurate that you have now signed with Al Heyman and PBC? Uh, signed with them as far as what? Uh, I guess to be your promoter. Like in, in other words, some people credited that as one of the reasons why this was able to get done. Is that is that accurate or inaccurate? That's inaccurate. Okay, so are are you affiliated with them at all? For for these this fight. Two fights. Yes. Okay. So so why so why why do you say it's inaccurate? Like you think this would have gotten done regardless? No, I'm just saying it's inaccurate because it's not like we signed a promotional uh deal with PBC or Showtime or anything like that. You know, uh we're just doing business together for the time being and you know, who knows? Hopefully in the future we can continue to do business if everything goes according to plan. Um, so if someone out there is is hearing us talk and is and hear me being all excited about this fight, saying like, what took so long? In in, in your opinion, I know it's a w- long and winding road. Like, what the hell took so long to make this fight happen? Well, business. You know, everything happened at the right time. I believe this is the right time for this mega fight to happen. And you know, I really don't care what took so long. All I care is that we're here now, and you know, I'm more than excited to get in the ring and show everybody that I'm the best fighter in the world. You know, we were just talking about Tank and um, and Ryan, and, and I know that, you know, Ryan didn't have the belts, and we can argue about, you know, who's higher on the pound for pound and whatnot. But I remember working for Showtime on that, you know, that week, and I said that I think that there's going to be a trickle-down effect by these two guys who are working for two different promoters or, or working with two different promoters on two different networks. They got together in a room and said, we're going to make this happen. We're not going to let this fall through. And and I said that I thought that there would be a trickle-down effect where other fighters would see all the money that they made, the business, the buzz, the hype, and that we would see other big fights made as a result. Is there any part of you that was sitting at home in late April watching that and said, if these dudes can make it happen, we need to make it happen. Let's go. Our fight could be even bigger than their fight. Ours is an undisputed title fight. Like, like, come on, let's do this. Was there any part of you that was watching that and that, you know, that visual in Vegas in late April helped trigger what, you know, was announced late last week? A hundred percent. No. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> was already, we was already talking before that fight either, you know, got announced and we was already making the proper steps to sealing the deal. So, I wasn't too concerned with uh, being. I wasn't too concerned that they was fighting that we needed to get our deal done because we was already, you know, working towards that. Okay, fair enough. Um, they did pretty well though on pay per view. The numbers are around like one point two or so. Uh, are you confident that yours will do even better? Your fight will do even better. Well, that's that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. We all, you know, plans to do big numbers and you know we pray that 
everything goes according to plan. That's all we can do, right? Sure. Um, you know that sometimes when, like, when there's friction, when there's beef, if you will, that helps sell the fight. There was certainly friction between them. Um, and as of right now, that's the biggest fight of the year in terms of pay-per-view sales. Uh, do you feel comfortable in that role? Do you feel any friction with, with Errol Spence? Well, I think I think this fight sells itself. You know, I don't think that nor me or Errol got to go out and do things that's not in our character just to sell the fight. When you look at when you look at the fight, you say, okay, you got two undefeated top five pound for pound fighters, and they prime going head to head for the undisputed welterweight championship of the world, you know, uh, two action-packed fighters, what more do you need? You don't You don't need me going out there acting all crazy. You don't need him going out there acting all crazy just to sell a fight. The fight is going to sell itself because everybody know what they're getting come fight night. How do you feel about Errol? Far as? Just as a person. Do you like him? Or are you cool with him? Well, I can't say I'm cool with him or I like him because, you know, we, I'm not around him or we're not friends like that, like buddy buddies hang out together. You know, from from the outside looking in, he seemed like a laid back, chill type of guy, family type of guy, you know, like to have fun here and there. That's all that I can, you know, say about him because I don't know him personally. Uh, he has been through a lot, you know, with the, the car accident, the eye injury, etc. Do you feel... Like, and some, you know, no fault of his own, these things happen. Um, but do you feel like he is not the same fighter that he once was maybe a couple of years ago? Well, I can't say that. I've never been in a ring with him prior or... But based on what you him, see, based on what you're watching, you see with a different eye than me, right? Well, based on what I see, he's done everything he's done to get to where he is right now and still have zero blemishes on his record. So we really can't say. Um, and so going into this fight, it's it's on Showtime pay-per-view. We just saw you on uh, BLK Prime. That was just a few months ago. What was your experience like fighting on that platform? Oh, it was good. It was cool. BLK Prime, they did a wonderful job uh, with, with, with my last fight against Avanesian. Yeah. Uh, I was I was happy with everything that surrounded the fight, you know, and props to them. You're happy. Uh, Chris Cyborg fought on that card. Did you get a, a chance? I know you were preparing for your fight that night, but did you get a chance to watch her? And do you think that she can have a longer career in boxing? She's an MMA legend, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I met Chris, uh, talked, talked to her a couple of times, and, you know, she did, she did really well, you know, and Boxing is different than MMA, and if she keep continuing lead to train hard and work hard, she'll do just fine. Why do you think? Do you have any um, theory as to why we're getting so many big fights in boxing this year? A lot of undisputed fights. We've got uh, Clarissa Shields fighting, and every time she fights, it's it's undisputed these days, of course. But it just feels like a lot of big fights. Hopefully, we get Tyson Fury against Alexander Usyk. Um, like I said, we just had Devin Haney and, and Lomachenko. Uh, Benavides Plant was a big time fight. Tank, like it just feels like a lot of big fights are being made. When in the past, your fight, of course, in the past, a bunch of things were stopping these fights from being made. Do you have any theory as to why this is happening now? 
I just think it's the right time. You know, time is, you know, everything in, in the sport of boxing and other sports as well. Uh, I, right now, 2023 is the right time for boxing to keep rising because a lot of people think boxing is dead and boxing is not dead. Boxing is far from dead. So I guess now's the time to show the public and the people why boxing is still one of the top sport combat sports in the world. Does it annoy you when you hear people saying boxing is dead? Not really, because mainly those are people that don't know too much about boxing. They just look on the MMA side and look at two guys going in there brutally busting each other up. And that's it. And half of the time, they don't even know the UFC. They just know two guys are just going in there fighting blood, sweat, and tears. But they don't see the technique that goes into, you know, everything that's going on in a ring or in the octagon. So, really, that I just don't pay no attention to them. Did you watch the Haney Lomachenko fight? I was there. You were there. Okay. Uh, who'd you scored for? It was a close fight. It was a close fight. You know, a lot of people had Lomo. A lot of people had Haney. Uh, some feel like it was a robbery. But I'm no judge. The judge gave it to Haney, and he was granted the victory. Uh, are you one of those who feel like there needs to be some, like, radical changing to judges or just a close fight? It happens 7-5. You know, in other words, that's boxing. How do you feel about that? Oh, no, it was a close fight. Uh both of them did great work in there, and I take my hats off to both of them for going out there and then laying it all on the line. As far as the judges, they've been judging for years, so who am I to tell them how to do their job on the outside looking in? That's like somebody coming in and trying to tell me how to do my job that I've never been a boxer before. Sure. It's kind of hard. Although I would say you're Terrence freaking Crawford, you know a thing or two about boxing. I mean, if anyone is qualified to say, like, I think this guy won the round or that guy won the round, it would be someone of your, you know, of your stature, no? Yeah, I can think one thing, but that don't mean I'm right. Right. You know, um, they get paid to do what they do. I get paid to do what I do. i never been to, you know, those judges in classes or those ref classes to see what they scoring on and why they score the way they score. So I can't lecture them into why they chose to pick the winner and how they picked it because I don't know what based on they scoring it on. That's fair. Um, I, I know you're, you're close with Shakur Stevenson. Uh, do you think that Haney will fight him next? No. Not next. I think Haney will move up to 140, or he will try to get Tank at 135. Wow. I don't think he Shakur next. And and why not? I just don't think that's a great fight for him to fight right after a, a Lomachenko fight. And you think a, a Tank fight is an appropriate fight? I just think that he match up better with Tank wow. than Shakur. Who do you think wins, Haney or Tank? If Haney don't get caught, then he he got a good chance of winning. Wow. But if he get caught in tank with his explosiveness, with his boxing IQ, he got a 
chance to win it. If it goes the distance, I would say Haney. By stoppage, I would say Tank. And I feel like you know, I know the answer to this, but uh, Shakur Haney, you're picking Shakur? Shakur very That's much. your guy. That's your guy. I respect that. Uh, another one of your guys, Michael B. Jordan, you helped him uh, prepare for Creed Three. We're seeing a lot of influencer boxing these days. Could Michael B. Jordan be successful in a legit boxing match against some of these influencer boxers, given what you've seen from him? Yeah, yeah, but it's hard, though, because once these guys start getting punched, you know, then you really get to see the real character. You get to see how they react. You know, you get to see their body language. You get to see a lot about a person once they get hit. Yeah, everybody can look good on the mids. Everybody can look good shadow boxing and hitting the bag, but what they going to do when they get hit. So Michael B. Jordan, he's very talented. He's very skilled. He's athletic, you know, but I can't, I can't go out on a limb and say he'll be this type of fighter or this type of fighter being that I've never seen him get hit before. Right. Are there any of the influencer guys that you like that you would say like, oh, I want to go out of my way to watch this guy. I kind of dig him. No, not really. Not, not, not really. Not far as in the, in the fight game. You know, a lot of people, they put on the gloves and they hit the mitts for social media, but we don't see them in the ring. And the guys that we do see in the ring, we see how hard it is for them to get used to actually boxing. Right. Um, a big story in our world, in the MMA world right now, is Francis Ngannou. He's looking for a big fight against Tyson Fury or you know, uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, someone like that, uh, and Anthony Joshua. You're, do you know anything about Francis Ngannou, and do you think he could hang with any of these guys? Listen, that guy is a puncher. He's doing his thing in, in MMA, but it's different over there, you know, calling out the top heavyweights of the world today. I don't, I don't see him having a chance with either one of those guys. And that's just being honest. Yeah, no, I appreciate the honesty. So if you were advising him, like if he asked you, would you say just just stick to MMA? No, no, no. He got some skill. I would tell him, you know, get your feet wet. Try to fight some of those lower tier guys first just to fill yourself out and, you know, get used to being in the ring and going around. And it's different. MMA and boxing is different. So just get used to, you know, some people with skills coming back at you and outthinking you and just just the whole realm of boxing. Yeah. Before you go over there and try to mess with those guys because one guy that you ain't gonna you gonna get one shot and if and if you mess up you you gonna be knocked out until next week for messing with Deontay Wilder. Right. <laughs> so, Even a Deontay who's not known as like a technical boxer per se, you think would be a huge mistake for him. He hits you. Yeah. You going to Yeah. He hits you going to sleep. Deontay Wilder, he hits you you going to sleep. Mm -hmm. Tyson Fury, he went to sleep and woke up. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I don't see too many other guys doing that. <laughs> Deontay Wilder, he's one of the biggest punchers ever. So let's just, you know, keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, by the way, I saw some photos of you hanging out with tigers and elephants and stuff like that. Where where was this? And were you not, I mean, like, I'd be crapping my pants if I was doing that. You're like literally holding the tiger's tail. Not scary to do something like that? No, I was always amazed with 
you know, nature and the animals and all that type of outdoor adventure type stuff. I was actually in Thailand when we uh, did the lions and not the lions, but the tigers and the elephants and whatnot. It was cool. Did you do any Muay Thai over there? No, I didn't get to. I didn't get to go see none of them. Uh, I was. I was go see some of them. They was having them every day. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't get to. I didn't get to go see any of them. Okay, and you didn't train as well. Well, I'm always training, so I got my little runs on, and you know, little workout. The workouts that I could do there without having any equipment and okay. things like that. Uh, are you doing a lot of, like I know with Tank and, and Ryan recently on Showtime, they had them do back-to-back press conferences in New York, L.A. Are you guys going to be doing press conferences around the country? What's uh, what's to come? The fight's coming up. It's 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 in a month and a half or so, a little over a month and a half. And I know tickets go on sale June 2nd, so that's this Friday. And I suspect they'll be you know snatched up rather quickly. But as far as press stuff, what are they having you do? Well, yeah, we got a, we got a press tour okay. that we're doing, I believe, next week. All right. Uh, New York and L.A., so. Okay. Yeah. A little face-to-face yeah. action. A little face-off action. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. You like that stuff or you hate that stuff? I, I don't know. It's part, of, it's part of my job. That's right. It's part of my job. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but July 29th is a big UFC pay-per-view as well. Uh, how, how do you think you'll do matched up with the UFC 291 card? Do you think that... Uh, you know, is there like a little bit of a let's see who does better on pay per view? Are you not even worried about those guys? Did you even know that you were going head to head with the UFC pay per view? Yeah, I did, but you know, uh, best of luck to them and best of luck to us. Okay, it's gonna be a great, be a great night for uh, fighting that night. Oh, it's gonna be incredible! Like one of those dream fights, like I said, that we've been talking about. Uh, you know, Mayweather Pacquiao esque. Dating back to the you know the the four kings days, welterweight division is sort of a glamour division, if you will, in the world of boxing. Uh, I suspect it's going to do huge, huge numbers. Could I? Are you are you a prediction guy? What are you feeling right now? Can you tell me like what do you? I'm obviously you think you're going to win, but like what are you? What are you feeling at the moment? I'm not feeling nothing. Okay, <laughs> not, not at the moment. But the closer I get to the fight, uh, the more hunger I'm going to get. The more. I'm going to visualize. I'm visualizing a lot right now, but I'm going to be setting my ways and my mind is going to be made up of what I'm going to do. Right now, we just going through the game plan and just, you know, starting camp, progressing. But once we turn it up, then that's where things sets in. Is number one pound for pound on the line as well? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay. There's some, you know, there's some people who say Usyk, some people say Inouye, who's fighting a couple of days prior to you guys. So I was just curious how you felt about that, that chatter, if you will. Well, that's just chatter, you know. A lot of people got me number one pound for pound. That's so. right. As do I, by the way, just for the record. It's just chatter, you know. Some people had a preferences of who they feel is number one pound for pound, and that's cool. That's their opinion. But okay. after July 29th. There be no discussion or no conversation on who's the number one pound for pound fighter is. Okay, and last thing, uh, does the rematch have to happen by a certain time, and would that also be on Showtime? Yes, it does have to happen at a, a certain time, and it will be on Showtime, hopefully. You know, but we shall see. Okay, does it have to happen by the end of twenty twenty three? 
Somewhat, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Biggest payday of your career? I don't know. We'll find out. I haven't. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Terrence, I can't wait for this. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, best of luck in training. Best of luck on July 29th. Hope to be out there for this one. So uh, if, if I get that privilege, that would be tremendous. But I uh, can't wait to watch it wherever I may be. And uh, good luck to you. I know a lot of fans are, are pulling for you and, and are equally excited. It's going to be a great night. So thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. There he is. Terrence Crawford, number one pound for pound. Massive fight July 29th. And what a night July 29th is going to be. Terrence Crawford against Errol Spence. UFC 291, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier for the BMF title, the very prestigious BMF title. And then uh, like later that night, early morning, Bellator Ryzen 2, that was just announced, AJ McKee, uh, Patricky Pitbull. I mean, there's just a lot going on in the world of fighting that particular weekend. You mentioned it anyway earlier in the week too. Anyway, Fulton, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't know shit about boxing. You don't know shit about boxing. Who said that? Anyone know who said that? Floyd Mayweather to uh, the great Larry Merchant. You don't know shit about boxing. Man, we'll do whatever we want around here. We'll do whatever the fuck we want around here. Soon we're going to talk about darts. You know, sometimes you just have to, to clap back at the trolls. No one does that better than... Uh, then our next guest, we, we're going from the number one male pound-for-pound pound boxer on the planet to the number one women's pound-for-pound pound boxer on the planet. And uh, after Katie Taylor's loss just a couple of weeks ago, hard to argue against that. And she has also, you know, claimed that she is the greatest of all time as far as women's boxing, period. Very hard to argue that. Two uh, gold medals, Olympic Games, undisputed champion. Three times, two different weight classes. She returns to action on June 3rd. That's this Saturday. So going head-to-head with Kaikar France, who we had on earlier, back in her home of Michigan, this time at the Little, Little Caesars Arena, which we talked about several years ago on this show when it was Max Holloway against Jose Aldo. And uh, remember that clip? Uh, New York Rick and I were talking about the one guy who was saying like, oh, we need bigger fights in Detroit. We need... We need Ronda Rousey. We need Conor McGregor. And I was like, what the hell? Like, man, just be happy you got a UFC pay-per-view. And that arena is tremendous. That arena is absolutely amazing. It's called the Little Caesars Arena. And this is the first major boxing event of any kind. And who else but Clarissa Shields to headline it? It makes total sense. Uh, Late replacement opponent. We shall talk to her about that. Is she ready or not? I, I wasn't sure if I should be killing time here. Um... Almost ready. Okay. Uh, so that is this uh, Saturday, the quote, Clarissa Shields, and then still to come, of course, face-to-face with Michael Van Gerwen and bully boy Michael Smith. Without further ado, let us say hello to the one and only Clarissa Shields. Hello, Clarissa. How are you? Hey, Ariel. How are you? I'm good. I- I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, I know the fight is coming up. It's a big deal. We just had Terrence Crawford on. So we have the number one male pound-for-pound boxer and then you back-to-back. How about that? And you are number one pound-for-pound, right? I mean, considering what happened in-, in Ireland, that's now your title. 
I was number one before that happened in Ireland, but okay. <laughs> I was setting you up for that. I, was, I just wanted to hear what you would say. Uh, you, you don't think there was any case to be made? You think it was just, you know, there was nothing to be said? You were number one. What happened against, you know, Chantal Cameron to Katie Taylor didn't affect your standing at all? No, uh, I don't really, not to be not humble, but I don't compare myself to these other women in boxing. I'm way ahead of them. I love Katie, you know, I love a lot of the girls that box Amanda Serrano and all of them, but I am number one. I feel you. I understand. Uh, by the way, do you think that she made a critical mistake by moving up? Obviously, we know we, the result, but like when you heard the news that she was moving up, considering she was, you know, undefeated towards the end of her career, when you heard that, were you like, hmm, that's a mistake? Especially with the homecoming, too. No, um, well... She's trying to keep up with the accomplishment that I have. So being two-time undisputed champ is definitely something that she needs to do. Like, it's uh, it's record-breaking. So it would have just been me and her that are two-time undisputed. Like, I'm three-time undisputed, but only two weight classes. But she would have been two-time undisputed also. Right. Uh, Two-division undisputed, I guess. So, um, no, I just think that um, she didn't deal with Chantel Cameron's power well, and she showed it. It's a difference between... Uh, dealing with somebody's power and not showing it and showing it. So she kind of showed that her power bothered her. She got shook with some shots. Um, but I I think that Katie can come back in the rematch and, uh, and uh, win it. You think she can win the rematch at 140? Yeah. Uh-huh, about 140. And, and, I, and I think that because once you – she's like a computer. Once you get in the ring with her, she, she reads you, she learns you. I think that she knows what she did wrong in that fight. And I don't think that she'll do it again. And one thing she did do wrong was on the ropes. Chantel Cameron threw some great body shots that was able to take a lot of gas out of Katie. But she shouldn't have got caught in the corner with the bigger fighter anyway. Okay. Um, so this is a big deal for you. June 3rd, homecoming. Little Caesars Arena in the heart of Detroit. That arena has been around for a couple of years. In fact, uh, I, I went to a UFC event there back in, I think it was 2017. And I was blown away. It's a beautiful arena. They did an amazing yeah. job with it. Why did it take so long for you to fight there? Well, this is the first boxing match that Little Caesars Arena has ever had. Yeah. So they're just now getting into the boxing business. Um, I mean, I think I've been worthy of an opportunity of this magnitude for many, many years now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I just think, um, I just think that after beating Savannah Marshall, after being undisputed three different times, I think now that they, everyone in America sees that I sell tickets, um, I'm a that I'm one of the faces of boxing in that I can bring big-time boxing back to Detroit. So I think that it's the perfect time. And, uh, yeah, I could have wished for it sooner, but I feel like right now is the perfect time to do it, and women's boxing is booming, so why not be booming here in America? Why do you think it's booming right now? I agree with you, but just curious from your perspective, why is women's boxing doing so well right now? It's doing so well because the champions are fighting the champions. The uh, We are getting the fights that we want. Women are going uh, going across the pond, including myself, to make these big fights happen. The networks are finally getting on board. Now, I will say that um, it's getting better here in America because I'm fighting in front of 15,000 in Detroit, and women don't get these kind of opportunities. The only other women who have fought in front of that many people is uh, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. So now that we're... uh, past that and I'm and, and, and the actual American is given a chance to 
African-American is, is actually given a chance to um, be in those kind of venues. I feel like women's boxing is definitely on the up and up and we're going to have more opportunities here in the U.S. Do you feel like the, the pay is on the same level? We all know that the pay is not on the same level, but I'm making some money for this fight. You're happy and with it? I'm making my last fight. Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's going up for you. Yeah, yeah, it's not going down, it's going up. Good. Uh, why? But by the way, why does it feel like, like Chris Cyborg was talking about this, why does it feel like women's MMA fighters get paid more than women's boxers? Maybe because some of them do. I can't say that for me. Okay. few of the other women who are champions, like Kate Taylor, Amanda Serrano, even Alicia Baumgartner and Michaela Mayer, I, I, I can't say that for for us, but I think the other women in boxing may not get paid as much as women in MMA fighters yet. Yes, I think. Do you think that we'll ever see a day that women's boxers are getting paid equally in terms of like the star power and where they are in the you know respect like as as the male boxers? I believe that I'll be one of them. Okay, I, it can happen for me. And uh, it can happen for a few of the other girls, but it depends on how they build their brand and their stardom and how much access they give to the fans. I believe that all that matters. And um, I think that women fighters don't really understand yet. Well, I do, but how much access you have to give to fans in order to become that big household name, you know, and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's really not all about, oh, if you're just a great fighter. Sure. I, I think you have to sell a little bit too. You have to promote yourself. Yeah. You have to sell a little bit. You know, you got to wear the nice hair, the nice outfits, you know, you got to trash talk. You have to, um, let them into your life to, uh, see how they can, um, relate to you. People that some people may like you, some may not, but you're doing something to get their attention. And I think that, uh, w- women's boxing for a long time, especially when I turned pro, uh, trash talk was forbidden. Huh. They didn't want women boxers to trash talk. They didn't want us to sell our fights. And I got, uh, you know, ridiculed and um, chastised a lot at the beginning of my career. And I had to tell the people who were doing those things to me that, look, if you guys want me on your promotion, if you guys want me to be um, to be a world champion and be under your stable, this is how it's going to be done. I'm not, I'm not doing it like the other women did it before. You know, like you, like they want you to just be pretty all the time and be nice all the time. And it's like, I'm, I'm a fucking beast. Why am I going to do that? No, I don't like my opponents. I want to fight them. I want to say mean things to them. I want to get inside their head and mess with them. So when I start doing that, it seemed like my stock and everything about me went up, but they didn't, I, I don't know if they actually, was just trying to keep us from that or if they were just saying or if they were just used to women not being outspoken. I feel you. No, I understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, I I don't I don't like we don't really know each other. We're not friends per se, but I feel like sometimes I want to reach out to you and be like, Clarissa, stop replying to the trolls on Twitter. Why are you getting into battles yeah. with these guys? Why do you do that? Why do you give them that oxygen? Your your mind is not a hotel room. Why do you let them check in and out of your brain like that? I, I was told that by someone and it stuck with me. Why do you do this? Why do you engage with them on the level in which you engage? 
Well, sometimes it's needed. Sometimes it helps me knowing that they said something mean to me and I said something mean to them. Now, some people don't deserve don't, don't deserve a response. You're 100% correct. But um, I'm human like everybody else. And I train three, four times a day. So when I'm done training, I get on my phone. And, I, you know, so if I'm on my phone and I'm scrolling and I see some outrageous stuff, especially when coming at me, Sometimes the bite back is needed and those guys delete whatever that they said or they apologize or they try to go back and forth. But I only respond once. I just kind of give you the kicker uh. and then I and then I leave you be. But um, sometimes it's just fun to me, too. Sometimes. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'll be laughing at some of the shit that I say. <laughs> Yeah. But, but the thing is, like, it could affect you, right? It could affect your training. It could be on your mind. You know? What? No? no. Okay. All right. Absolutely not. You're um, able to block it out. Ariel, it, if you knew me for real, yeah. you know, you would, you would know that it's a lot of things in life that do not bother me. I have, I've had a really rough upbringing. I have had worse things and worse things done to me to let a tweet or someone's comment disrupt my brain okay. or to, oh this, oh, this person said this and they, and they text that, or it was a stranger who said this. When I respond, I use social media like everybody else use uh, social media. I just respond and continue on with my life, but I don't let nothing mess with me up here. That's just not logical. Uh, There's did. no way I could be a world champ and do that. That's fair. That's fair. And that's the difference between someone like you, superhuman, and 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 just a regular person like me. Uh, I saw I saw an interview that you did for DAZN that was on their YouTube channel talking about your upbringing. And it is heartbreaking to hear the things that you have had to overcome and endure and, and, and be faced with. And so I'm just wondering if you feel like that, in, in a way, almost develop this personality that we see here like you call yourself a little bit cold-hearted and tough and mean and all this stuff like if you didn't go through all that and come out on the other side successful um you know maybe we're, we're not talking to this type of person here do you know what i'm saying if i if i hadn't found boxing and then on top of that built the relationship with god my upbringing would have 100 um destroyed me you know and i am not afraid to say that I say that to let people know that boxing did save my life. Boxing is why I got baptized and why I decided to start church and have a relationship with God. So um, my my upbringing was, was not the best, but it definitely made me have more grit and, and uh, know how to protect my mind and my mental, you know, uh, knowing that I'm not in this fight in, in, uh, in my life. I'm not alone. I always have God there next to me. That's how I've been able to cope with um, my upbringing. Even at the time, I believe I got baptized when I was 13. And um, it's a, and I was having a rough time. I was going through, we weren't eating. My mom was abusing alcohol. Uh, my dad uh, ended out of jail. You know, I didn't meet him until I was nine when I got out of prison. I had been raped at a young age. I was just really mad, very angry, and always confused. Like, why? me you know and then why us because i had siblings who had had to go through the whole not eating thing with me and deal with our mom you know abusing alcohol and stuff so um it's a it's a bible verse and it's jeremiah 29 11 for i god know the plans i have for you plans to give you hope in the future 
give you hope in a better future. So even though I was going through all those bad things, once I heard that, it was just like, this is just bad now. It's going to get better. And I didn't really know what better was, but I just knew I just had the faith in my heart and just the belief that God would make things better for me and my family. And uh, that's how I made it through. And I and I had to keep some of that grit because I I needed for boxing and I, and I needed for my fights and everything. I needed to train, but um, I'm always I'll never forget where I come from, and that's why I help the younger kids who I know are going through similar situations like myself because it was hard to make it out, you know. But I think I just make it look good. It, it really is incredible. You you mentioned um, you were raped when you were five, right? Like I can't even imagine. It, you being as successful as you are, let alone surviving all the things that you survived. You know what I mean? Like two Olympic golds, greatest of all time, undisputed chance. Just just having a normal life would be a great thing. You had a normal life times 10 after experience. Like it, it, it actually amazes me that it didn't break you, that it didn't put you down a different path. Uh, it says a lot about you. So just, I just want to tip my cap to you because your story is is truly unbelievable. Like you, you, you hear it and you don't believe it. Like in the literal sense of the word, unbelievable. I believe that people want well, people do believe it because I'm just a different kind of woman. And now they understand why that's why, because of my upbringing and things that I've had to overcome. So when you see me speaking about how I believe in myself, um, if I didn't believe in myself, then, you know, who would? Um, and, and you had to fight, you said you were fighting off your, your mom's boyfriends and things like, like as a, as a young girl, you, you had to fight them, legit fight them. Grown men. Plenty of times. Plenty of times. And now I grew up in a household where it was four of us. I have an older brother, four years older than me. I have a younger sister, a year and a half younger than me, and a younger brother um, who's three years younger than me. When my when my older brother went went to prison, I was the head of the house. I was the protector. So big bro not there to, to handle this stuff no more. So I had to step up and I had to do it. And thank God that I knew how to box and knew and I knew how to fight to where I was able to fight these men off my mom, fight her with these men. And it's just not, it's not something that I, I'm proud of, but I had to, I had to protect my family and I protect them now. And it's going to forever be that way. It's going to forever be that way. And I don't, um, that's why the whole men beat up women thing, it never really meant nothing to me. You know, I'm like, I don't, yeah, we got different genetics, but I've been in the gym sparring against men and fighting men my whole life. So, Sometimes those things just kind of are non-existent to me, and I just continue to do my job as a woman fighter. But um, I've I've been through way more than what. If people would have put themselves in my shoes, they'd be dead or dead or in prison somewhere right now. Were you ever close to going down, like really going down the wrong path? Did you ever feel like you were super close to doing that? When you say down the wrong path, um. Something that I always apologize to God about is trying to commit suicide when I was 13. I just was going through a lot and having to deal with what I dealt with. And at the age of 13, it just got, well, actually 13, I tried to commit suicide. And then 16, um, I had to get talked out of it right, right before the Olympics. So I always apologize to God about those thoughts of just not wanting to deal with life no more. And I always just be grateful that he gave me the strength, you know, to, to to just keep going because 
it, when you go through stuff like that, you just think like, you know what? Don't nobody care about me. Don't nobody love me. And I just rather not be here. So I'm happy that, you know, God put people in my life who would just, you know, who looked after me, you know, and gave me the right word. And I, and I believed in him enough to where I didn't do those things because seeing where I am now, if I would have, you know, killed myself when I was 13 or if I would have went through with it when I was 16, then, you know, it wouldn't be not even one Olympic gold medal. I'd just be a junior Olympic gold medalist where I won it twice. But I'm just super grateful for what God has done, you know, just for my life. Do you, do you ever have really those thoughts again? Do they ever creep up again? Um, You know, depression is real, but I have found a way to deal with it, to deal with all of it. It's, it, it. You can be depressed being broke and going through stuff and not being able to eat. You can be depressed when you're rich and you got all this money and got to take care of your family. There is no um, status for depression, you know, and I still deal with it off and on, but I feel like I have conquered depression within the last year or so. And um, I feel like I would, I don't be having those thoughts no more. Can I ask, how did you conquer it? I conquered it by one, acknowledging it, you know, and some people are just very, very sad and don't know what to do. But also too, I just started excluding people from my life who made me feel any other way, but happy. And sometimes that's hard to do. It is very hard, you know, because it comes with family, friends, relationships, uh, all that stuff. So for me, I just had to, if something does not make me feel good or someone says something to me that does not make me feel right, I have to exclude it. And that includes so social media, too. You know what I mean? Like, I have to take breaks from social media sometimes because it's like, not that that stuff can make me uh, want to commit suicide, but it makes me sad or it can hit a nerve sometimes. So I have to really, um, you know, block those things out. But I'm just really a person like keep my circle tight and only be surrounded by love. Um, and I appreciate you talking about this. Um, I, I really do. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's um, incredible to hear someone of your stature talk about this. And I think it's very helpful for people as well. And I won't keep you too much longer, but uh, this is, you know, incredible stuff that you're sharing with us. Uh, you were supposed to fight Hannah Gabriels on this card. She po- she had to withdraw because she tested positive, right, from uh, VADA. Uh, your reaction when you, when you heard that news, because it's such a big deal for you, right? This was your big homecoming fight at Little Caesars, historic, never before has there been a boxing event. Did you think that the whole event was going to come crumbling down when you heard of her positive result? Well, I just want to say thank you to my team because they didn't let me know till four days after they found the result. Wow. I was training. I was eating very healthy. I, I didn't know anything. I just knew it was very abnormal not to hear from my manager, Mark Tapping, for three days. <laughs> That's all I knew. And then when he called and he told what well, he called, he said, Clarissa. And I said, oh, my God, what's wrong? And he was like, you can hear it in my voice, can't you? I said, yeah. And then he told me and I said, Okay. So now what? It wasn't really, it was more like, all right, I'm not a person who's going to dwell on that. The most important thing to me is actually fighting and experience and, and having this experience at Little Caesar. So what now? And he said, but we've been on it for the last three, four days. We have Maricela Cornejo signed for the fight and she's ready to come here. And she said, she's going to take your belts. And I said, great. And when I thought about it, I was thinking like, we already beat, 
before we had the fight scheduled with Gabriel's, we already had reached out to Maricela about fighting. And um, it's actually been a couple times now, and we weren't able to get her for the fight. But this time, she she said yes. So um, I didn't really have to deal with that. But my first thought was, of course, you know, uh, during our first fight, I was six to no. Um, I had two belts, but I had never. Women boxing didn't really get to the point to where it was using Vada. I started using Vada when I when I faced against Christina Hammer for undisputed championship. After that, all my fights I had Vada when it was involved in my undisputed championships. Um, and I started doing Vada because Christina Hammer was just too, she was just too uh confident. Like confidence is okay, but the way she was talking was like. I don't know. It just was like, why should you saying she's stronger than me? And and I can look at her and tell she's not. <laughs> so I just was like, well, let's well, let's get Vada done because she's all the way in Germany and I'm here in America and let's just keep it clean. Um, and the men do Vada, so why not? But um, first thought was when I when I heard it was okay, me and Gabriel didn't didn't have tests in the first fight. And to me, that explains to how she knocked me down. Hmm. To me, that's my first thought I had. I said, that answers the question on how she knocked me down and why she felt so strong our first fight. And, and you know, what people don't know is that her first sample uh, came back. Of course, of course, it was dirty. But then her second sample came back, I guess, from her rubbing her dog. And, and it was a week later. She had four times the amount of whatever the band, whatever the banned substance was in her system. So it's like, what'd you do? Rub your dog for a Four times more than what she was rubbing him. The that first was the day, excuse. The excuse was rubbing her dog. She said she was putting some cream on her dog's C-section. Okay. And I still haven't seen the picture of the dog or the puppies. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Huh. All right. That's all I'm saying. So it's really, it's really not a. It's like I don't want to just say that she's a she's a drug cheat, but the tests were there, and the numbers were not right. Of, of the things in her system and then for them to be four times more on the second test um i don't know what else i'm supposed to think um do you think do you think drugs are a big part pds are a big part of women's boxing do you think it's a big problem you know i can't really say because i don't know you know i just say that i think that if these girls who are world champions and they and they believe in fair sport Everybody should sign the Favada. It shouldn't even be a question. If there's belt on the line, um, big money on the line, TV network, it should be Vada testing. That's all I know. Uh, two last things. Uh, there's another another great uh, Michigan boxer coming up, women's boxer coming up. She's not really coming up. She's here, Alicia Baumgartner. What do you think of what she's been yeah. doing? Alicia Baumgartner has earned my respect. And, and I say that humbly because... I thought that Michaela Mayer was going to be her. And I even told her that. Huh. And you know, she told me to my face. She said, I'm going to make you a believer. And I, and I, and I just shook my head and said, okay. And then when she won, I had to give her her props. I still love Michaela the same, but Alicia Baumgartner has really upped her game. She's serious about her craft now. And I can just see it in her every time I see her. I actually seen her yesterday at the gym training and she's locked in. She's ready to get that W back. From Christina, the girl that beat her, she's locked in. She's ready to defend her undefeated championship July fifteenth 
And I'm just so proud of her, you know, and I'm happy that, you know, I, that I can help pave the way for her, you know, because soon she'll she'll be up around that fight in that Little Caesars. One of the many reasons why I have an immense amount of respect for you is because you are at the very top of your game and you decided to go and do something that is new to you, and that's MMA. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. actually no one in your position on the male side of things would ever even consider doing something like that. And you did it and you did it a couple of times. Do you regret doing MMA, especially considering how the second fight went? Um, I don't regret doing MMA. I'm one in one. I lost a fight, a split decision. It could have went either way um, against an opponent who had been doing MMA her whole life. So for the fact that I was doing MMA only a year, trying to learn the ground game and trying to learn some wrestling to add it to my boxing, and then to lose a split, like I didn't get knocked out, I didn't get armbar, I didn't get submitted. I just lost a split decision. Um, I'm not, I don't regret it at all. It actually made me a better fighter. It showed me that what I already knew, I can do whatever, I, whatever I put my mind to. I beat a girl that was a brown belt and had been doing MMA for 13 years. I went in there and I was able to beat her. So I just know that um. I'm dangerous. Rather, it's in a boxing ring or it's in a cage. <laughs> Will you do it again? I would like to do MMA again. We are in talks with PFL now to trying to see like what the what the plan is. But I would like to be given the right amount of time to train and to learn the um, to learn the craft of MMA. To have me a solid team behind me because I've just been winging it. Right. Like, you know, I I went to Jackson Wink and I trained with them and 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 there was a great team. I did a lot of jujitsu training, a lot of wrestling. Um, but it just was like, you know, you get a 30 minute session, a 45 minute session, you know, you don't really get to get like the full like I go to the gym and I don't train less than three hours for boxing. And I've been doing boxing for 17 years. So it's like I feel like in MMA, I wanna have that same kind of routine in order for me to just learn those arts because I'm far behind the other girls, but my boxing gives me a little lift. But if I can't be on my feet, then, you know, we right. have to figure something else. So I just want to learn those arts to where it can give me a better chance at winning. I'm not afraid to do MMA. I've already done it. I just want to, I like to win. Sure. I like to win fights. So in MMA, I would like to be given a fair chance to actually have a good, no enough MMA uh, know enough wrestling, jujitsu, kickboxing to actually know those things to where when I get into these fights and these girls take me down, it's still a fight, you know? So uh, I want to do it again. I just have to, like I said, get these ducks in a row and get stuff figured out. And PFL doing big things as of late. So uh, I I, th- I feel like it would yeah. be even bigger if you were turned. By the way, uh, more likely to happen next, you in WWE or you in PFL? What's to happen next, you think? Yeah, what's more Both. likely? Both. Both at the same time? Are you talking to WWE? Yep. What, what do what, you know? I don't know. Are you? Um, we are. It's some things happening. There's you things happening? Wait. You have to wait. Ariel can't tell you everything. Well, you know, I'm clued in on but, that world, but I know there's a big show coming up in Detroit. In uh, in August, August fifth is called SummerSlam. Feels like you would be a shoe in for that. I know nothing, by the way. I'm just trying to put two and two together here. Listen, I believe that the stars are aligning for me, wow. and I'll be doing things that people 
have never seen another African-American woman do <laughs> in boxing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you go. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Next for you, of course, okay. is this uh, Saturday, June 3rd, on zone. your big homecoming, your big return, and your first fight at Little Caesars Arena, which is a fantastic venue, you versus Maricela Corneo. Uh, it didn't matter the opponent. This was all about you. Everyone knew that. So I wish you nothing but the best. Good luck to you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being so open. Thanks for being so great. Thank you, Clarissa. For sure. Thank you, Ariel. All right. There she is, the great Clarissa Shields, uh, who shut me down on the spot at the beginning. But, you know, I saw some talk of her uh, talking about WWE, and then it just occurred to me in the moment, SummerSlam, on the same night, by the way, as Jake Paul versus Nathan Diaz, August 5th, is in Detroit at Ford Field. And I know nothing, by the way. People think I'm clued in. People think that I'm, uh, you know... I'm a I'm a wrestling journalist that I know what the hell I'm talking about in the wrestling world. I really don't. I really know. I really know nothing. Um, but that would make a lot of sense. Fifteen thousand tickets at Little Caesars. That's tremendous stuff. That's this Saturday. So that's head to head with the Kaikar France uh, Amir Albazi main event card headlined by those two uh, Saturday at the Apex. Now. Saturday is also a very big night in the world of darts. And yes, for the last few months, my friends, uh, we have been spreading the gospel, the beautiful gospel that is darts, all over the world. I mean, I was throwing darts in Ireland not that long ago. I was throwing darts at WrestleMania. We've been talking about it on the show. Every time someone comes in studio, what do we do before they say goodbye? We have a little game of three-on-three. We've been doing big things as far as the darts world is concerned. And uh, even the great Eddie Hearn himself, the heir apparent to the darts empire, has said that we have been flying the flag, carrying the torch here for darts in North America. And dare I say worldwide, well, uh, the U.S. Darts Masters is this Saturday and Friday. Friday and Saturday, the, the finals are Saturday night at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. Second time uh, they are here in New York. They were here last year. It was a really big deal, a great success. And so they are back again uh, as they just wrapped up the uh, the Premier League. And now they're going all over the country, all over the world, I should say, doing these uh, big events. And of course, it all culminates end of the year, early next year with the big world championships at the world famous Ali Pali. Well, you'll recall after that world championships, after the famous, you know, nine darter, you'll recall that we had the winner of the world championships, uh, one Michael Smith, a.k.a. Bully Boy, uh, who beat Michael Van Gerwen on that night. Uh, you'll recall that we had him on the program to talk about it, and people loved the darts talk. They were saying that we should rename the show The Darts Hour. They were loving every second of it. And so we told Michael that when he was back in New York, we'd have him in studio, but we're doing it one better. We're going to have both Michael Smith and Michael Van Gerwen here in studio to do an old-fashioned face-to-face like we do with the fighters. That's a lot of fun, and we've never done something like this before. In case you don't know what I'm talking about or need a refresher, this is the famous nine-darter from back in early January that swept the nation millions upon millions upon millions of views. You can make a case that this 90-second clip changed the fate of darts around the world, and in particular here in this country, I would think, because it exposed it to so many new people. Here's that clip. I dare you not to get excited. Not to find a break of throw in this set if he wants to level up the world championship final. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen is a in any mood to give him a sniff. Yeah, the 
the combination finishing in this game is going to be key. You can tell by the way they're scoring. There may be nothing in it. They may both be on nines. Michael may miss and Michael may hit. They're both on nines. They're both on a nine. This is insane. Come on now. Wow, the World Championship final. Michael Van Gerwen is on a nine data in the World Final. And just misses double 12. Over to you, Michael Smith. One man misses. Does the other man get? I've never seen the like. Come on, Spully Boy. Yes, double 12. That is the most amazing leg of you will ever see in your life. I can't speak. I can't speak. Absolutely unbelievable. The crowd are going berserk. Michael Smith makes more history in the world final. But that is simply the best leg of I mean, you will never see anything like that in sports. The passion, the emotion, the excitement, the adrenaline, the atmosphere, tremendous stuff. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to reconfigure the studio real quick. Remember, we did this with Danny Sabatello and Rafael Stotts back in late August. The face-to-face, I'll be sitting here, Van Gerwen here, Michael Smith there. And we're going to talk about this weekend on MSG. We're going to talk about the past year. We're going to talk about that moment. I am so excited for all this. We may even throw a dart or two. Stay tuned. This is going to be great. All right. Here's my conversation with Mackenzie Dern from last week after her big win, main event over Angela Hill. We'll be right back. Do not go anywhere. Tell your friends. Van Gerwen, Smith, Hawani coming up right after this. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Oh, yes. I remember that intro. That was when we had this man on the show after his big win in early January. And what an honor this is. Wow. I feel like I'm in front of royalty right here, guys. This is a really big deal for me. Michael Van Gerwen, (laughs) Michael Smith, Bully Boy here in the studio face to face. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. Yes. 
I, I said that I wanted to have you in after the last time we spoke. Yeah, I was in Bahrain, wasn't I? You were in Bahrain, yes, that's right. Uh, this is great. Of course, you guys are here because there's a big event happening at the Hulu Theater in New York City at Madison Square Garden, June 2nd and June 3rd. That's uh, Friday and Saturday. It's the U.S. Darts Masters. Yeah, cool. Um, although we have to start with the fact that just wrapped up was the Premier League. You just won seventh time. You beat out the great Phil Taylor as far as his record is concerned. He had six. You now have seven titles, seven yep. Premier League titles, seven, my friend. Yeah, 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 seven. Come on. You beat this guy in the semifinals? Easily. Easily? <laughs> I play well for a change. <laughs> and then you beat Gerwin Price in the in finals. Final, yeah, yeah. Seven times. Yeah. You're now the man. You're now the, the Michael Jordan, the Tiger Woods. Uh, they say so. It's, <laughs> it's only a number for me, yeah? It's only a number. Next year we go for number eight. That's the way how it goes. Wow. This is, I mean, come on. This is big. This puts you in the, yeah, yeah, in the of record course. books. It, it's, yeah, of course. But records are there to be broke. You know what I mean? That's the way how it is. But for me, more important was the way how I won it. And again, against two fantastic players like Michael Smith and Gerwin Price, I think... Uh, Austria are probably the best three dart players in the moment in the world. So to then to produce something like that against them, for me, it feels better than winning the title for the seventh time. Is this, is this weird for you or is it a good thing for you, Michael? Like you have you know, a match like that, you, you, you fall short in the semis, but then you get to potentially play him again at another event. I know it's not the Premier League, but as opposed to, like, say, in fighting, you lose to a guy, you have to wait months to, to fight him again, to compete against him again. Here, it's like literally the next week that you get to compete yeah, against him. 52 weeks in, we could play each other week in, week out. That's the way the tournaments are. And it's good. We, like you said, we're the best players in the world and you've got to be doing that every week. And if you go back to, say, you're fighting, if you lose to the number one and you drop down your ranking, you've got to work your way back up. Where well, you beat me in the Premier League and now we're going to hopefully face off in the final in the US Masters. And then again, it'll be the next week after that with somewhere else where we probably play again. And that's how you bet yourself is by playing the best players week in, week out. Now, by the way, have you been keeping tabs on what I've been doing for darts ever since we spoke? Because I've really, I mean, Eddie Hearn himself said that the, the work that I've done in particular to grow the game has been, you know, yeah. tremendous. To, I mean, yeah. Eddie Hearn said that about me. I've been getting all the celebrities yeah, that come. I mean, some say that I'm kind of like single-handedly responsible for the popularity of darts right now in the yes, United uh, States. It's good. Uh, yeah, do you believe that? Or is, is, I don't know. If I, I, I don't know. I don't follow you darts don't. in America so much because it starts to grow. And of course, we need people like you. They give the time that we maybe deserve and I think we deserve because to, for us to come here, it, of course, it's huge, but it takes always a lot of time to, to uh, get... Uh, feed on the ground in countries like this. They yes. love their own sports and for them to go to another sport and to watch it, it's a bit, hey, shall we go and do it? I don't know what darts is. Right. And then for us to see people like you to explain darts and how it works and how great it is, yeah, it's only, it's only good. You know, it's crazy. And I think I mentioned this too. Like when I, I was watching your battle at the World Championships live on DAZN, I had no idea what was going on but because I didn't understand it. Now I understand everything. But because of the crowd and really because of the announcers, I have to give props to uh, Wayne Martle and the other gentleman is. Yes, yeah, Stuart Like Because of how they reacted to it was intoxicating for me. I've never seen a moment in sports that the announcers help make it even bigger. Like the, the announcers sometimes are a part of it, the soundtrack. But True, but it doesn't happen in every country. If does, you're going to listen to the commentators in... In Holland, they're boring. But if I listen to the ones, uh, even in Poland or in Scandinavia or in England, they they're boring. They, no, they're right on it, like way more. Oh, right, they, yeah, yeah. Because they 
Raymond has been a player before, so he knows what it is and what it takes to come in certain positions and to do something special at the right moments. So why, that's why he's nice to listen to. Uh, he's unbelievable. But And I want to <coughs> obviously talk about that moment, but have you seen some of my stuff? I mean, KSI was in here, yeah. and I, I hit him with the bullseye. Meme is somewhat still. Isn't yeah, that incredible? Yeah. What about my form? I mean, have you been... You're getting better. Impressed. You're getting better. I, I, hopefully not today. The the the, the, <laughs> knee, the leg like this, the the foot, yeah, you, right? You, your stance is nice. It's getting. It's better. getting better, it's right? Getting the, it can only get better as well. Keep you listening to him. Keep listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Could I ask? And, and apologies for asking this question. Do you do you guys like each other? Are you friends? Yeah, we, we hang around together. We we know each other quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I got people in the arts who. I don't like, but mm -hmm. I won't talk to them socially, do you know what I mean? Socially, we hang out. It's not that we go for meals together, but we practice together, things like that, yeah. You do practice together? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah so, sometimes. I mean, you're around the world together, right? So... I, I yeah. spend more time with him than I do my wife and kids. Really? <laughs> it's, yeah, that, it's that full-on the circuit. It, it takes too much energy to hate someone, and you can't hate someone for being the best player in the world. It, you've just got to admire it, get used to it. And hopefully beat him when you can, and that's why we, we get on well together. We practice well together. I think we've been in the PDC just as long as each other. Yeah. In 12 years, we've, we've grown up with the same age, and we're going to be battling so many finals together because we've still got about 15 years left, 20 years left in it. So it should be fun. There's no point hating each other. Who is the best player in the world? There's three at the minute, bro. There's even him or Graham Price for me at the minute. Really? No, no, you don't say yourself? On paper, because I'm number one, but on form, it's him or Graham Price. I, 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 think before, before the, I think before the Premier League final, everyone thought Gilman Price was going to piss it because yeah. I think he was the man who played, was the best form, but yeah, for some reason I turned up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. my, with, my, with my A game and then I showed my class again. So, But that's the way how it goes, you know what I mean? But you need to make sure you do that at the right moments when, when it actually matters. And that's why, luckily, I did that. Yeah, it's luck, it's not luck because I know what I'm capable of, but you still have to do it and right. to say to yourself, ah, oh, you have to turn on the right moments. It's easier sent, uh, set than done. Do you like Gerwin? Yeah, he's right. He's a bit on the shelf. He's a bit a loner. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, what about you? Yeah, he's the same. Like, we got on well. We had a great yeah. time in Australia. Maybe not, we don't dislike each other. But like I said, if we go out for food, like Premier League nights, he'd choose to go out for food on his own. And prepare that way, we'd, we'd have food together. But it's, it's different. People have their own styles and own different ways, and Gerwin likes to be by himself. Same in the practice room. Let's say we are hanging around doing some games in, there's most of the time two rooms. So let's say we are practicing together, and Gerwin comes in, he can choose where, so he looks in the room, and then he goes to the other one. Uh, he likes to do his own thing. He's, but that, that's the way how he likes to do it, and that's good. Okay. Um, for you, how has life changed since January? Uh, massively, just finally becoming a world champion. It's what I've dreamed of. Worked hard for and I finally got it. It's just got more busy. Like literally interview after interview, yeah. traveling after traveling. Iron in the cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's just, it's come a bit more hectic, but if it, that wasn't happening, I'm doing something wrong. Now that I've finally done something right, it's I'm getting noticed more, I'm getting more recognizable now. And yeah, it is good. I don't want to end. I know he wants to put a stop to it next year, but I've got to keep working hard to keep hold of it now. I want did, to go for number two now. Did it Did it get your head at all? Uh, it did early on, because if I was playing bad, I was trying to tell myself world champions don't play this way. You've got to step up your game, and I think I was putting too much pressure on myself. Then I think it was like week 12 of the Premier League, I thought, no, I don't give a shit anymore, just play well, get on with it. And I went on a little run, then I won three nights on the spin, started playing well, going into the, the finals night on form. Just didn't happen on that night, and yeah, I come back now, a couple of days off, 
get ready for the US now. And it's just, you can't have too much time to dwell on losses because the next one's about four days away before you play again. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, but your play anyway will always put the pressure on himself. You yeah. will always will do because you know what he's capable of. He's a very talented player, but then when you don't throw what you can do, it gets frustrating, gets annoying. And then it's the answer how you're handling it at that point. But he does better and better lately, so fair play. Does, it ever, does it ever affect you? No, it doesn't affect me. It's always you have to reflect things back to yourself. Are you dealing with certain situations? And that's the only thing you can look to yourself. I, I don't have any influence on why he throws. I just need to make sure I did everything in my pre preparation better than I can, as best as possible, to make it in really difficult. And that's why I do most of the time. Uh, I did read a story recently that you were saying, like, uh, before one of the events, you're hanging out with, I think, your your kids or your son, and he's calling you FaceTime to try to like. Oh, that was twenty nineteen, the World Final. Oh, that when, when we first played the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was the night before we were playing. Me, me and my son ordered. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's texting yeah. me. I can't sleep. <laughs> he's trying to FaceTime me for. Said to my boy, he said he's just trying to do something. Yeah, are you trying? Are you trying? I didn't want to. That's the way I would do. But that's the way I did uh, last Thursday after yeah. the final. I put also Instagram posts up. I was with Getty and Johnny. We had a drink in a bar after the tournament. So are you sleeping, Michael? Do you know what I mean? But that's a bit of fun. You know, you need to have a bit of banter. We hang around so many times. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so there's no animosity there when oh, he does that. No, that's all part no, of the no, game. He no, no. beats my hair for about five minutes and then we're best mates backstage. He, he, so. he hates me sometimes because yeah. I'm a wine. No trash talk? No, no, no. no. We don't need that. You don't there's, need that? There's a few people like to do it, but it doesn't really work. Every January, Peter White comes with his trash talk. But, yeah. It's the same old shit every time. <laughs> it doesn't work out. No, 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 no. Okay, so that that clip, when you see that, yeah, the night, like, how does it make you feel inside? Because you're on the other end of it, right? Yeah, for me, the, the, I did some other good stuff in the world before, like seventeen perfect darts, and they keep showing me, but doesn't get to me, doesn't bother me. For me, the more important, annoying thing was, uh, even more important, lack was the lack after when I could hold my throw. And I missed two darts. It was 11-12 darter. I missed two darts. And then he had a good finish again. That was more annoying for him, for, for me. And then he made it one on, I think, one on sets, I think. Yeah, because yeah, I think you had two darts, 84. Yeah. I just missed the ball for a 170, I think. Yeah, correct. And I come back and hit double 10 with the last to win that set, go one all. And then it was, I felt like I was in a the game then. Like, where if he would have gone 2 0 up, he would have felt he's not lost a set for three matches, that he's just going to run away with it again. So me winning that set for... Was, it was very important, and yeah. it was a turning point as well, you could see that. Yeah. But that's the way our darts go, unfortunately, and you have to take it in your chin. <laughs> How many times do you think you've seen that? Uh, every interview I've done, someone's played it, so yeah. about two, three hundred times so far, I think. But you ever sit back and just watch it just for fun? Oh, uh, Wednesday night when I was in my room for the semi-finals, because I knew I was playing them, I watched the full, like it was like a 32-minute clip. Do you do that? Yeah, I watched it once to try to get something for that. Wow. A little inspiration? Yeah. I'll smash them again. Well, it, didn't work. it didn't work out that way. Is it possible? I, I didn't tell That's the... That's why I don't do it, because <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I didn't tell the guys in the back this, but I, I'm just wondering if we could play it without sound and you can tell us like almost your commentary of what you were thinking in the moment. Is that a possible thing yeah, to do? Yeah, at that moment you shouldn't think. Yeah. If you start thinking, you wouldn't hit a nine-dollar. You're not thinking. Do we have it, guys? Can we play it without sound? Okay, so can, can we go like right now? You, you're not thinking anything. No, 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 nothing. Just score as much as possible. I think now, hey, it's my own luck. I start off well. Yeah. Good. It gives you confidence. But then, when he's hitting back 180, you know, keep calm. Just try to sure. get a nice, good score. One three four, one forty, or one eighty will be good. 
But yeah, the scoring afterwards was, of course, it's a fantastic lack of darts. You don't, you're not going to see it better. It's, um, and that one, did you miss that one, or is that the one you were trying no, to hit? No, no, no. You're good I, here. I, I, yeah, of course, I went on purpose with triple 90 because the other dart was Plus uh, a little bit in my way, so I went for triple 90. It makes it easier coming back for the nine as well, for one four four. Well, at what point do you realise, like, history is upon us here? I didn't realise until I watched it again when I got when I went back to my room that night. Come on. No, 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 I just thought I did a nine, get on with the game, but when I got back to the room that night, obviously it's all over social media, all the views it's showing. That's, the, that's not how we think now. That's the only really? time I realised no. that. But I even just, there, like when you made that face, yeah, but I don't, I, I, you, you I, missed it there, you, you knew what was at stake, right? But if you no. watch his face when I hit it now, it doesn't change, he's still focused. Doesn't, doesn't, yeah. doesn't, it's a lack. Is that it? Of course, yeah, yeah. It's nice, of course. It's good. That's what you want to do all the time. But you need to make remain focused because the next leg, what I said, is probably even more important. How how you're reacting towards it, things like that. Yeah. Because everyone can throw an iron harder of the professionals. Sure. But to do it at this stage, in a final, at this kind of moment, they only can do a few people, of course. And that was done in the second ever, wasn't it, in a final? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's only a few people can yeah. do that. When the crowd is going crazy like that, is there yeah, any... That, that's why you see me go back for the drink. I, thought, yeah. I don't want to just rush straight into it. Yeah. If I have a quick drink, it's my darts, and then hopefully all will for and win the set. And he comes straight back at me. He, just, he stayed there, kept focused. And I had to try to do something, but luckily enough, he missed with me and let me back in. By the way, do you guys uh, throw the same three darts? Are you passing them to each other? No, we have no. You have your own, because I saw... We have I, manufacturer. Oh, okay, your own sponsor? The, peop the people that send you the dartboard. Wimmer, that's my sponsor. That's <laughs> nice. I have the old sponsor, which was Unicorn. They used okay. to the dartboards before them. But I saw at one point, like, are you guys giving each other fists? But like, so I saw... It's... No, I just give him an unlucky poll when he misses. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But sometimes you also don't think about that. It's not that sure. you have to do things like that. You know, you, sometimes when you think about it, it's nice if you do. Yeah. But it's no... It's not a bad thing or a good thing, whatever you do. Um, you know, I asked him this one when, when he was on, but I'm, I'm curious for you, like, were you blown away by how popular that got? Like, that that exploded, right? That millions and millions of yeah, views of course, on that. Yeah, of course, but that's not... That's Did it surprise you? No. That, Didn't surprise... I mean, how, how long have you been a pro darts player for? Yeah, but look, the, the, also the video on YouTube with the uh, 17 perfect darts, how many times that's been watched. It's like, it's one... Of, I'm a pro darts player for 16 years. Yeah. And this was everywhere. Sports shows, basketball yeah, yeah, shows, we're talking about yeah, everyone was talking. good, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? That's what, but that's where we get paid for. Yeah. That's the <laughs> Not job. enough, though, no, right? No, never Come on, enough. Barry. Let's go. Barry, <laughs> Barry needs to do a little bit more. But Come on, Barry. I mean, I see the castle. No, of course. It, but it's good. That's the way. We work hard to produce things like this. And when it goes, it's nice. But you want to do it all the time. And right. it's, not, it's not like we can switch that on and do it no, every it, time. Because we're not robots. You have feelings. It just... Yeah, Something correction. like that just happens, and luckily enough, it happened that night, and they say it exploded. But like, if we played now, it's no guarantee we're at nine for today, tomorrow, or next week. Of course, it just happens on that day. Just you can't explain some, what it does. Some days in practice, I have two nine daughters, and some then awake, week nothing. Yeah. You know, and that's the way it goes. But do you think that that changed the way people? I think it did across the pond, especially when it went on. I seen it. it was, I was on EU. I seen Shaq was on it on the NBA yeah. show. He was getting like people who'd never seen it. I seen it growing a bit. I just want it to grow even more now. So I want this a regular thing here. And also, if we can get rid of say like Copenhagen, like a World Series there, and why would he? We could fly out then to Canada and do one there as well. Try to get the Oceanic into it. Because if it does get big, it means we get paid more money. Sure. And it's bigger sponsors. So I just I like it the growth. I'm getting fed up of seeing the same things now. I want to travel the world playing a sport that I love playing.
what, what I don't understand about your schedule is all the travel. Like, like, where's the next stop after this? I got a little bit more travel than him to do. Eh? Yeah, he's, he's Holland. I, I live in Holland. So a lot of te- tournaments, also smaller tournaments, what's not televised. Yeah. They're also in the UK, a lot. Yeah. Or in Germany, but for me it's the same distance, so I have to fly weekly, but it's part of... Isn't it tough with the jet lag and everything? It's exhausting. Nah, well, when I fly, to, I don't get jet lag. No, but like here, you're going New Zealand, you're going all over the Middle yeah, East. Yeah, true, true, but that's the way, uh, that's... If he also can go stay home and do a normal day job. You no, know I know, I mean? but I, I just... Every, every, uh, are you ever jet lagged? Like oh, feel yes, like, of oh, course, of course. But that's why focus. I also travel a few days earlier okay. to make sure you prepared, prepare yourself really well as best as you can. I think after this as well, we'll finish here and then we we'll go to Germany. I'm there for a week, I think. We've got yeah. two pro tours. We've got a show as well. And then two days off and then the World Cup starts then. So you'll be there with Danny Nopper. I've got Rob Cross with me. Hopefully, do some business and then after that, it's back away again. I think we're in Trier in Germany straight after that again. So, we'll be on for two days, then back on the plane again. Jeez Louise. Is there ever an off season, like a break? No, no break. Yeah, August for me is a break no, because no. I, I, I'm not going to Australia and New Zealand this year. So, I. I but that's it, like a self imposed break. There's yeah, no like break in no, the score. Like, no, 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 if, no. You're, if you're not top eight, top ten, you have an off season. So, you'd have January off and you'd also have August off. Where if you're in the top eight and playing these type of events, you don't have an off-season. So okay. I was I was back out three days after the World Championships. We were in Germany, weren't we, doing the... Yeah. Um, yeah. The Pazibon. And the day after that, I flew to Bahrain then. So it was literally straight away, three straight days. Away, but it's, it's, the other side is also good when you're busy, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it makes you a good living, not, yeah. If you're not busy, you're not earning. If of you're course. Busy, you're earning. So Premier League just wrapped up. You win your seventh. Now you're in New York. This is the US Darts yeah. Masters, right? Yeah. It's, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, there's eight of you and then there's eight American. Americans. Yeah. American or Canadian. Yeah, American. North American, right. So yeah, no, do, no. do the eight of you play these eight? Yes. And so it's 16 total? Yes. And it's a tournament? Yeah, and then the winners keep on. Right? Friday night and Saturday night, right? Yes. Yeah, I think Thursday as well is just the eight North Americans play off. Uh, Saturday afternoon. Oh, it's Saturday, so yeah. they play for the, if the winner gets world championships, they get the first Sports. round. So they get like I think ten thousand for winning oh, wow. the whatever it's called championship, and then plus I think fifteen thousand for the first round of the worlds. And who's the favorite going into uh, this weekend? I don't know because probably Matt Campbell, I think. Why Matt Campbell? He's playing well at the minute. He's no, what are you guys? Oh no, 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 no I mean of you guys. Oh, out of us, yeah. Yeah, you probably, never know with the bookies. Yeah, probably the bookies now believe right? me again. So you never know. Do you yeah. like being the favorite? Um, I've been 99.9% of tournaments I've been in favour, but it doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything. doesn't say you're winning 99% Who's of the, the tournaments. Who's the one guy that you play, you're like, I can't lose to this guy? This guy. Dimitri van der Berg. Why? Because he's in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Me, no, but, like, but it would piss you off if you lost him? Like, because you don't like him? Yeah, it's not that I don't like him. He's a bit, just a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Who's your, who's your Dimitri? <laughs> Don't call it like that. Well, I mean, uh, you'll see well, him this weekend as well. Oh, um, oh well, right. uh, of course. Yeah, he's one of them. Uh, <laughs> he's one of them. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it MVG here? No, 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 He's beat me more times than anything. Uh, I, I don't like losing to Gary, I know that, because he gives me some stick. Who's Gar- that? Gary Anderson. Okay. Yeah, but he's retiring soon. Yeah, no, but... Now, I, one I, I the play- Who was the guy you don't like losing in this tournament, then? In this one, yeah, must be rough cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't, don't hide it, <laughs> just tell him the truth. Yeah, yeah you told everyone, yeah. I don't need to tell him yet. 
Yeah. Do do you, uh, when you walk around the streets of New York, or I know you were in Vegas partying it up as well, do you get recognized now? Because uh, not yet. I've had about eight pictures here, and they've all been English people. That's I've, all... I've had one Dutch, I am one German as well, so six English. Okay. No what way. was it last year? Oh, this year when I was walking around today. No, but I'm saying, like, compared to last year. Oh, last year I probably had two. So, so it's growing. Yes. <laughs> and you won last better. year's, right? Yeah. All right. It was me and him the final last yeah. year. Probably this year. Hopefully this year again. Would be nice, eh? It would be yeah. nice. Uh, what's the head-to-head record between you two? I ain't got a clue. He's it's, favour it's, it's by a lot. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I know he's, he's winning. I don't know if people can find out quickly. Well, the, the, we... Shall I quickly have a look? No, we do. Go ahead. I, I think I... I know what it was like, I think, going into the final or going into... It was like 30... I think 37 for him and maybe like 14 or 15 for yeah. you. Where do you where do you look this up? <laughs> See how second. eager he is to look yeah. up the stat? He, I mean, he this likes is... to be number one. No, 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 no. I don't know. This no, is no, great. I, I've not been in the... You're worse than Michael Schmidt. <laughs> he's, he's looking oh. it up. I like it. Is there like a... Uh, we'll stick to yours, 37 to 40. Something like that. And a couple of draws in there maybe from the Premier League. That must have look. That's what Box database. Made, made it feel so good, right? Yeah, because yeah, like, it's only been the last two years where it's been a knockout phase. Before that, like, you could draw in the Premier League. So like you only played one match a night that was there for 16 weeks. No. After, was it eight weeks? Two got relegated. Then you went through then. Yeah, that, I think that was a bit better, wasn't it? But I like this where you win now, you get 10 grand the night as well. Makes it even more better. What, what do you yeah, think? true, but I prefer the old format. To you, sure. yeah. Why? Because I like it more, more concentrated one game. I think also to uh, with this format we had in the Premier League, I think the top players play each other too much. And then it's not spectacular anymore. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, I think I played you four weeks running, or three weeks running. Exactly. So, so if, it's the same if, thing. If, if you see every week uh, uh, Manchester City against... Uh, Bayern Munich, yeah, wherever. Yeah, right. It's not nice anymore as well, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eddie Hearn was telling me that the, the ratings for darts is like, I don't know, some cra- six times more than what boxing gets in the UK. What, in your opinion, needs to be done to make it as popular, close to as popular here in America? Can that happen? Um, I, I don't know. It takes time, I think. It took, uh, for instance, Matchroom, uh, Barry and Eddie Hearn, Took on snooker to China. Took them 30 years to make it as big as as it is now. Wow! You have to keep grafting. You have to keep working. Keep putting time in yourself. Sitting with people like you to to actually try to get it across, and that's really important. Mm. Do you think you can ever get to that point here? I think you can. Like you just said, with people like you, you're going to a, a different crowd we wouldn't get to. So I think last time I was on, you had people saying like, "I." For that win, I earned more money than some of the UFC fighters that yeah. he was getting. He was getting like nothing compared to it. So you get into a different crowd now, which you're helping with. All you've got to keep doing is turning up and putting on a show for you and the crowd, whether you can then comment, comment on it and get more fans involved with yes. it. Yes. And I think I think this week there's only a few tickets left. So oh, really? They're on Ticketmaster, so if anyone's watching this now, go and get them. And go get them. I'll be there on Saturday night. We're all going to be going. Yeah, pack, yep. pack out the crowd and uh, trust me, you won't, but, you won't be Am bored. I seeing it anyway? I don't think I'm seated this year. What does that mean? I've not been to a few World Series events because I was busy going with my family on holiday, so I <laughs> don't know if I'm a top seed, so um, we can face maybe each other before. Oh, early? Yeah, quarter, uh, quarterfinals it could be. Could and, be. and that would be on Friday? Saturday, Saturday. Oh, will you only compete because it's Friday and Saturday? Yeah, Friday, we, we, we play the North Americans. Ah. So the eight PDC professionals play the eight Americans, and then the winner of them goes Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, or just Saturday night. Playoff then because last year it was only Fallon that lost one, 
to yeah. Lena Gates. So we had the seven professionals plus Lena Gates. He's, he's a good player, Lena he's, Gates. He's not qualified for this, was no. he? No. No, neither, oh, Dan, neither was Danny Baggish. You're kidding me. Wow. No. Wow. Didn't even, didn't, didn't even know them. Yeah, because I think they're decent players. But the, the other ones must be more decent to, by beating them. Right, right, right. Uh, you were telling us uh, before we, we went live here, uh, you're a big kickboxing fan. I love K1, yeah. Yeah, you're from Holland? Yes, K1 is, in Holland is fast. The fighting is not really, of course, sometimes in the late hours on ESPN, you see uh, UFC, Ballot, all that kind of stuff. But for us, we have more the, 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 K, the K1. Yes. yes. And, I remember and, and back in the days in Japan, the top eight tournaments. You would watch that? 100%, everyone in Holland watched that. Who was your favorite? At that time, Remy Bonyaski at that time. But uh, yeah, he, he retired. Also, because we had the same sponsor at that time. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and you say that you play in a, in a card game with Rico Verhoeven? Yeah, every week normally. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> supposed to be uh, yes, yesterday. Rico Verhoeven, we know each other quite well. And uh, yeah, so. Have you ever thrown darts with him? No, no, no. And, and, def him. and I'm definitely not going to fight him. You're definitely not going to fight him. Because I'm a quite a big boy. Yeah? My yes. legs are big as him, but mine are fat and his muscle. Right, right, right. Oh, my God. What kind of game do you guys play? Poker. Poker. Yeah, and, just and, a, like a really friendly game. Is it like an all-star cast of characters, like you, like all the famous nah, people? No, 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 only people. What are the chances know you and Rico Verhoeven playing a weekly poker yeah, yeah. game? Yeah, good. It's amazing. I love it. Alistair Overeem too? No, 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 not him, no. not him. He doesn't partake. Overeem, no. <laughs> Alistair Overeem, he's been uh, banned, I think. Yeah, he got a little trouble, uh, yeah. A little trouble again, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Naughty, man, naughty. I follow it, don't worry. Yes, I know you do. Um, and, and you're still... You've still yet to go to a UFC event. Yeah, I'm still virgin and going to the events. I'm sure I'll get to one. I know it's in London next month. Yes. July, but he's going to fight again. Uh, Conor. Conor McGregor, yeah. Yeah, he's going to fight again, That's, I heard, isn't it? Yeah, maybe uh, end of the year. You like him? Uh, his character, his, his show, everything. <laughs> yes, I, yes. You cannot say you don't like it. It's hard. It's funny. Yes. It's everything. I, I like it. I like, he's got a big mouth, but he's, he's, he's good. He's funny. Yes. You need the, who's the Conor McGregor of darts? Is there a Conor McGregor? Do he, you need... He's a wind-up. He's a wind-up. He's the wind-up one. Uh, who would you say, like, he's big-headed and everything? Well, probably you again. <laughs> he's probably, <laughs> probably, yeah, probably he's a Conor. What's up with Gerwin wearing the uh, the earmuffs? Why does he do that? I would never have done that. Why does he do that? A mistake from him, shall we say, though. Schoolboy error. Schoolboy error? I kept winding him up back behind stage, because I was behind stage with him. I said, you're not going to wear them. So I was just feeding him. <laughs> and then after a break, he put them on, I was like... Uh, why is that a mistake? Because you're only going to have the crowd even more against you. There's no need for that. Yeah. Just play well and the crowd will so love you. So he's a heel? He's a bad guy? In pro wrestling? No, no, no. He's not a bad guy. No, I don't mean bad he, guy, but like, is he like a, a villain? I, I don't know. I don't know, but he is... Uh, he takes everything personal. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't care if they boo me all day. You need to do a three-person face-to-face uh, <laughs> -face with him in the middle. Yeah, but he's yeah, good. I think, yeah. Yeah. He, he would suit it perfectly. Yeah, he, he yeah, would. No, no, no problem. We do it, no problem. Uh, there was some talk of me actually being on the broadcast for this, but, you know, Eddie couldn't come correct with the price. You know, he was trying to get me for a couple of pennies, you know? Like, come on, Eddie, <laughs> what do you think that, this yeah, is? that's what Eddie does all the time. That's what he does, <laughs> that cheeky guy. Is he going to come to this? No, no, of course What about not. Barry? He'll be here. Ba Barry, no, he's probably not here, but Barry would come to the darts 100%. Yeah. And he loves the boxing too much, so like, he's probably around. It's incredible what that family has done, right? Like when you think of boxing, snooker, uh, what? what is it, darts. Even the fishing, they make fishing. a bit big on Holland television. Do you know what? Really? Yeah. 
They sell any sport anywhere. If it's but it's all like sort of like the niche sports. Pool as well. Moscone Cup. Moscone Cup. They got loads of sports. That's yeah, what I love. Yeah, they got everything. <laughs> all right, so this Saturday at the Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden, uh, we could see you two go head to head. Potentially. Would be nice. Yeah, would be would nice. Be nice. Get a little revenge on this guy. Yeah, and we'll, to me as well. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, just because the last one. It is kind of crazy that you win the Premier League and you don't get like some time off. Like you're back yeah, at it. Bad, isn't it? Tell Barry I'm Yeah, what off. the hell? Tell him off. What is, what is going on yeah. here? You, you know, know what he said? Shall I tell you what he said? Yeah. Stay home then. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah, that's what he, stay home then. If you don't like it enough, stay home. If and you, then don't, you, if you don't like money, stay if home. You yeah, if you don't like money, stay home. And I, I send the check to someone else. That's yeah, what that's he right, says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you win your money. Yeah. And by the way, do you get a set amount for each event plus what no, no, you win? No. How does that work? You all get different money. Everyone has a different amount. Different fee. And then plus, but, but then isn't <laughs> no, there you like... Get, you get the same payout. So if, if you win it, you get 20,000. Run up 10. What's that's, is that the payout for New York? Twenty thousand. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the World Series. Is World Series is set. It's also to to because they're now trying for the, uh, a few years to to make darts more globally bigger. They're investing, of course, with television production and everything. A lot of money. So they want to, of course, it's going bigger and better and more money. But it takes time. You need sure. to give them. They're not gonna spread out the money like sure, this. Sure, like sure. it's for free, is it? What's the biggest part? Like which event? Well, well, championship. Well, and how much is that? Five hundred for the winner. Damn, five hundred, huh? Two hundred for the runner-up. Like the Premier League, he just won was two seven five for the winner, and one two five for the the runner-up. You've yet to win a Premier League. No, that was only my second time in the semi-final. Wow, in six years. Is that is that the next big one that you want? That or the match player. Yeah. And when is that? The match player is sixteenth uh, of July. Yeah, that's like the I treble, think. right? Yeah, that's the Premier. League. I think there's only him and Taylor that's got it. I think. But if, if you've won the Premier League, the Worlds, and the match play in the same year, yeah, yeah. Only you and the, the triple crown, there. right? There's, I think there's four people. Well, I, the match play, I think the match play, the the the, the Grand Prix and the Grand Slam of Darts, I rate them all the same. Yeah. You do. I think it's just the more iconic thing of it, like the winter. It, it's not the best venue. Right. Like it's not the most. Um, Eleven hundred people, maybe twelve hundred people. No, so but I think I it's not the biggest of crowds, but it's because it's iconic and where we are. It's been there for 30 years, man. And they sell it out within seven minutes, <laughs> 10 days running. Wow. And which is the biggest venue? Because you were just at the O2. O2, O2 Arena. How many people are at the O2 for that? 12 and a half or something. Wow. I want to go to the Alley Pally. That's my big uh, Yeah, but it's thing. not big, but they have to, don't but forget. They the atmosphere. To, they sell it out within two days. Uh, 30, 30 get... sessions. Really? Like yeah, 4, yeah, I get you. We get you. Hook me ticket. up. Don't worry. Don't Thank worry. you. It's like four thousand people a session as well. That's Anyone comes dressed up as characters and things well, like that. You can do whatever you want. That's the nice thing of darts. You can do whatever you want. No I one love cares. It. Love the darts. You can come up with a suit. You can come up with a fun, funny dress. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. So I have a proposition for you guys. Uh, as you know, or you may know, you probably don't know. You might know. Uh, when I have people in studio, I like to play them in a game of three on three. So they shoot three, I shoot three. Yeah. And more often than not, I'm beating them, although I'm a bit of a cold spell right now, so you're catching me at a time where my confidence is a little bit low. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to give you guys the honor of playing me, but there's a bit of a catch, if you will. Uh, I feel like I'm sort of the final boss. Like, you know, let's be honest, like I'm sort of like yeah. the big trophy. So it's a little tournament here. Michael Smith versus MVG part Forty-eight or forty-nine, whatever it is. Yeah, and then the winner plays me to to crown the first ever MMA Hour champion. What do you no make problem. of this? 
Now, ha- now, usually I do. I three. play only with his dots. I didn't, I didn't bring my dots. That's fine. That's fine. Did you bring your own? Yeah, he brought his own. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Usually I like to do three on three because it would take forever if I played five on one with yeah, you guys. Exactly. How long would five on one take between you ages, two? Ages, I've not thrown. What? Ages, because I've not thrown. What ages? No, no, normally it would we, take we, you we, three we, minutes to no, do. No, no, we prepare normally for three hours before a game. Right? To do a five on one? No, before a game. Yeah. A professional game. We right. prepare. You know, we'd be in the venue three hours before, uh, relax, practice, loosen up. But when you're playing at 501, you, how long does it take? Normal. Uh, Four minutes. Two minutes. No. Two minutes. So here, though, you think it would take longer? Yeah. Yeah, 100%, because we're not warmed up yet. Ah, uh, you guys don't need to work. You're, you're like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan walks on a basketball yeah, court. Yeah, he yeah, shoots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does he need to warm up for? Yeah. You're being too modest. Okay, now so you're what? asking the same question. Ah, Tiger, holding one now. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly I don't, I'm, saying, I'm not asking you to get a nine darter. I'm just wanting. Okay, so what's an appropriate amount for you guys? You can't do three on three. You guys are yeah, better than that. Three on three, we do. We three on three? Oh, you guys we'll, are do, be- we'll do three. You can have six, and you can play as both. You think I, you think that I can't beat you with six? No chance. No, no chance? No. Not even close? Of course you can. So I'm wait. just joking. <laughs> I, I actually if you think you're right. Six, you have to I think you're right. So wait, you're going to do three, you're going to do three, and I'm going to do six, and yeah. we'll see who wins? Yeah. Okay, I like this. Good. I like this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Can we get the music? What's that music? Dun, dun, da, dun, da, dun, da, dun. da, 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 da. Um, all right, here we go. What an honor this is. I feel, I was saying, this is like, this is like LeBron James and Steph Curry coming to my home court to, to throw around. I feel like you guys are a little bit nervous, by the way. I'm not nervous at all, right, mate. You're not no nervous more. enough? I feel like you're That's nervous. Dark, and by the way, look at this custom... I, I don't uh, mind playing with this. I don't care. Look at this custom thing that I have. What? This is custom. Yeah, I know. It's, it's nice. Funny. You're not that impressed. Okay. Um, now, do you want a practice shot? I give everyone a practice shot. By the way, can we just acknowledge the fact that oh. we have two of the best darts players on the planet? This is crap darts. <laughs> what, what is wrong? What is wrong with my darts? They're bad? We won't send them or no? No. No, I don't I have these. Do you like these better? No, they're good. Yeah. You don't what? like them? They're prices, I think. They're good prices? Ah, screw that guy. Now, where are your, your darts? You said you brought your own. The chair there, but I don't oh. want to have an excuse. In case now, what are we doing here? Are we practicing here? What is going no, on? No, no, no. He's <laughs> seeing you what you just scored. Just, what? Come on. No, Any dark, they go shit anyway. Okay, you get a practice round two. I'll, I'll be nice. Right, these are my three, by the way. Wow. <laughs> you just got a triple 20 just like that? Oh, yeah. yeah what? Oh, oh that's that's uh, that was a Dave Chisnell dog. <laughs> now, by the way, a lot of people uh, make fun of our setup here. Doesn't matter. It's fine, isn't it? Is it? Yes. What about the lights, the yeah, cameras? Doesn't, doesn't matter. No, but it, it's okay. It's, it's proper, fine. right? Exactly. Yeah, it's okay, good. are we ready to do this? Yeah, man. You? Are you ready? I'm a little bit nervous. So you, you guys just went you up. You have six, so you go first. You have three, and then we have No, three. I think it's more fun if I go at the end to see if I can beat you. You can feel the pressure then. You know what you got to do. I want yeah. nothing to do with the pressure. Yeah, I'll go first then. Okay, you go first. Michael Smith up first. You're doing three, right? Yeah, yeah come okay, on. Okay, here Michael. we go. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. That's from the neighbor. Oh, 31. 31. Seriously, you can beat us. Yeah. You can beat you, us. You, you, beat, you beat me. If you what happened there? If you, I, I want you to get a 180. Uh, if you can't beat 31, I think it's time to retire. Okay, here's Michael Van Gerwen. I can't speak. Oh, close. 100. 100. Wow, that's the most anyone's ever gotten. The record is 93 here. No, the record's 100. <laughs> can I have a go with him? <laughs> All right, here it is. No, you. Come on, mate. Six. Good luck. You got Can you guys critique at least my? Uh... Okay, so is this is this right? Then, is that how you feel? Coming? I hope so. No, I was I was taking this from you. Didn't you tell me to do this? Yeah, but not like that. Too much. 
Look at you with the Dolce okay. Cabana shoes. All right, what, 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 what do banana, I do? Banana, the banana shoes. Here, here is good. Yeah, good. So this has been too pronounced. Doesn't matter. Did you ever seen a player throw the same as someone else? No. Eh? Everyone no. has a unique style. Okay. Here so we how go. you feel comfort? Okay. Here and what about this? Is and it is this good? Is this yeah, form maybe. good? You've got the lean as well, yeah. So yeah. Just make sure your angles through as well. All right. Here we go, guys. I hope you missed though, because I don't want you to beat thirty-one. Maybe. Uh, what is can that? I, like? Can I suggest something? Yeah. Please, please, I, please. I'm not left-handed. I'm right. <laughs> wow. That hurts, Michael. What is going on here? Okay, here we go. Oh, you're going to smash him. You're going to smash Just hit the ball. You beat I just beat Michael Smith with two darts. No, no, no. I no, can't. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You need one point. You need one point. I've got 31. You've only got 30. Oh, shit. Not yet. You need one point. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. It'd be funny, though. So just hit. Oh. There you yes. go. Now you beat me. Okay. Now you beat him. I can't speak. I can't. Okay, wait, wait. But I'm going to try to beat you. That's 39 scored. 39? 38, sorry. 38, okay. But I get three more. Yeah, that's right. So you need 63. What should I, what should I aim enough, for? Yeah. Michael, how did I just beat you? I had bad darts and I should have used my own. He says your confidence was low. Oh, nearly triple. Did I just get a triple 13? No, I think that's... No, unlucky, mate. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> just a lucky triple, you will hit it. Uh, it was, uh, 15. 35 to win or 34 to draw. Yo, I, could I, I think I could do this. What I do think, I have? I think so too. Uh, what, did you score? What, should, what should I aim for? What should I aim for? A fluke. You need a fluke. No, a fluke. I could go for a double 19. I win. I don't know, but you've been going for trouble 20 and you've hit 13. What if I go bullseye <laughs> in your face, MVG? <laughs> Here we go. In your face, bullseye. Ah, like you, mate. Ah, that's good stuff. That's what do you think? I've seen, worse, I've seen worse plays than you, trust me. That's not bad. He's got 94 he scores, he's only six the, off you. You're him. a bit like Dimitri. Only six off you with six versus three. I'm a bit like Dimitri? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> no, just keep on. Don't worry, because he'll go on and he'll say, yeah, so we have. No, no, no that's the, the player I say I don't like losing to. And we'll that's yes, I know, but I want right, to know what yeah. that means. That's, okay. that's how he performs when he plays me. I can't, I can't let this go. I want to see, try get, get try, give us a 180 right here. Let's go. What? Just, let's yeah, do it. He's the most easy. Come on, come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. No. Right, Michael, your turn. Uh, let's see, let's go. Let's see, let's see. I never play with fucking sleeves on. Oh, come on. Don't yes, give me excuses. Excuses, I love excuses. You're an absolute legend. Here we He's go, here we go. Oh, yeah, he oh. No. Bullseye? Oh, that was a oh. <laughs> Annoying. I could have had it first three, the one eater. And I shit You know what I think is so great about this? It shows just how hard it is what you guys did back of in. Of course. Oh, look at that. Look how beautiful that is. Look at that. He loves wow, it. Wow, did you get it? No, I only got 100. You just got, oh, you almost got it. No, I only got 100. Almost, almost. Oh, I love this. Look at them. They're just keep, they're just continuing to go. I could sit here and watch this all day. Have you got no one on next? No, I got <laughs> no one on. I could, be, I could be here for five more hours. Look at this. What are you aiming for, by the way? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm more annoyed with my sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> look at look at the competitive spirit coming out here. This is no, beautiful. Just warming up for the weekend now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Here we go. Oh, look at that. Come on, Mike. Ah, there it is. Ah, look how good you are at getting it so close. You should do this for a living. You're very good. Okay, here, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Why? No. It's the darts. Yeah, it is. It's the darts, huh? I've got a snap point. It's my arm. I need a new arm. You need I a new need, arm? You're tired. I mean, you've been traveling the world. All right, here it is. Bully boy. Come on, bully oh. boy. Oh, is that it? No. Even left? 
Well, you guys have done enough. Oh, shit. I mean, Thank you've you. done enough. This has been an absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thank did you, you enjoy much. this? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Are you impressed with uh, my skills? Yeah, I think you did, you did your homework really well, so that's nice. Uh, can I ask you one last thing? Okay. When the people come to the studio, and there's a lot of pressure, I just, I just choked against this guy named Captain Eric. I can't believe I lost to him. I tend to, to, to aim for the left side of the board because those are the bigger numbers, I was told. Is that wrong? Where should I ultimately aim? That's wrong? Where should I ultimately aim? for 20s. Always? But when you're throwing, it looks like you're looking with a pointy arm. Yes, back. yes. You just look. like you Don't try to, like... Your arm, push your arm to where you're looking. You don't look with the points. That's what I'm doing. You don't do that. Don't do that. No, I just no. look at what you're doing and then just literally your arm goes straight through. You never use... Good advice? A, you never yeah, use a point. follow through. Follow through. So just, just axe, don't try, because I'm trying to like aim like a sniper. Yeah, I can see you doing yeah, it with yeah. the points. So just go like. Just look at the 20s and push it down. Oh, uh, you see that? Looks more. F look at that was close, right? Yeah. So because you, you're doing this, you, it's not really where you're looking because you've got one eye shot as well where you're looking. Oh, uh, look at that, guys. Okay, no, I thought that was a bullseye. Okay, <laughs> I see what you're trying to yeah. say. So don't try to just like nail it in there. Just try to go and, and guide it. Yeah, right. yeah of course. Now okay. when you've got some off time, you can have all three and keep practicing just doing that. Right. And well, this has been an honor. Uh, I will see you guys in action yeah, good. Uh, this weekend at Thank the Google Theater, much. Madison Square Garden. Tickets still remaining. By the time this is done, they'll probably be sold out, but go check them out on Ticketmaster Legends here. Absolute royalty of the darts game in our studio. What a great honor. Michael Smith. Michael Van Gerwen, and congrats to you, Thank you very much. on the recent win in the uh, Premier League. We're going to take a quick timeout here. Conversation with Hulk Hogan. You know Hulk Hogan? Yeah. He was on the show last week. Oh, How about nice. that? Yeah, we talked good. to them all. And then we'll be back to finish up the questions, picks for the weekend, all that stuff and more. Don't go anywhere. Uh, how fun was that? And look, they left us uh, some gifts here. Got a Michael Van Gerwen shirt. Got a Michael Smith shirt with my name on the back. I mean, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. You know, I know that I was uh, kind of kidding around at the beginning of the day with some of the haters on Twitter, some of the trolls and whatnot. But like to me, and I'm just being 100% honest with all of you, like this is a dream day for me. Some MMA talk, some boxing talk. You got some wrestling there. You got some fun stuff here. Like this is this is the life. This is the life. And if you're not exposing yourself to this type of smorgasbord of things... You're all, I mean, you're honestly missing out. You're missing out on life. That's what I say. That was a lot of fun. I'll be there on Saturday. Uh, Hulu, US, Darts Masters, the top eight against the top eight in North America, legends like those two guys. In I was kind of in awe of them, honestly, because we've seen the clip so much. Like, you've seen those guys. I was kind of in awe. They're rock stars. They're, they're, they really are. They're great. Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. So uh, Saturday's going to be fun. And how great was Clarissa Shields? Man, what a story. And, um, you know, what, I hate the fact that she has to always, like, deal with the, the critics and stuff. And I know that some of it is brought upon herself, by herself. But, man, uh, what, a, what an inspiration and what a role model she is. And... When she was talking about depression and dealing with depression and whatnot, I was thinking about one of our sponsors today, so I do want to tell you about... Please support them because they support us. Let me finish up the questions, then we'll get to the Parlay Pals, and then we'll wrap up this bad boy of a day. 
Uh, this is from Luke O'Callaghan. What's up, Ariel? Hope all is well with you and the crew. Now that you've become a football fan and had interest in the World Cup, and by the way, shout out to my good friends over at Nottingham Force for finishing up the year strong with the uh, the draw at Crystal Paris, Palace. Excuse me. Uh, commiserations for Leeds, for Leicester City, and of course for Southampton. And shout out to my good friends, my old friends, my former friends. I just say old friends at Everton for staying up. I knew you had it in you. And uh, now we're all happy. And now we could all be friends. Anyway, Luke is asking, who's my early pick for the Ballon d'Or 2023? It's awarded to the best player of the year in all football. Of course, I knew that. We got FA Cup final this weekend. In fact, we've got the uh, Europa League final going on right now, Sevilla against Roma. All right, shout out to uh, Jose Mourinho. Uh, But I can't wait for FA Cup. And then, of course, next weekend, we've got the big one, Champions League final. Big one in our household, Man City, of course, we're big fan. Well, not me, but my my son and, and, you know, my middle son, kind of, but he's more Forrest, um, going up against uh, Inter Milan. Um, anyway, this guy's telling me about the Ballon d'Or. I know what the Ballon d'Or is. Messi's the early favorite. You know yourself. Uh, on, I mean, I would say the top five right now, uh, Brendan Johnson, Morgan Gibbs-White, um, you know, I mean, can we put Navas in there, or is that a little bit dicey for a goalkeeper to be in there? Um, those are the ones that come to mind. Of course, you can mention uh, Lionel Messi because of the World Cup. Uh, okay at PSG this year. I would probably lean towards Erling Holland. I mean, one of the greatest rookie seasons in uh, Premier League history and, of course, made history for most goals scored. Mbappe, of course, comes to mind as well. But uh, if I had to pick one, it would be it would be Morgan Gibbs-White. I mean, I think that's, that's an obvious. Uh, Frankie, hey, Ariel, if you could reconstruct the Knicks for next year with an actual with actual potential available players, what would you like the team to look like? Would you get rid of Randall or RJ for someone like Lillard? In my opinion, Brunson is the only player whose spot should be safe. Thanks for everything that you do. Uh, I mean, Brunson isn't going anywhere. Randall, I would be open to. RJ, less so. I'm okay with Lillard, but I, I don't know if we need to, like, you know, trade the whole kid and caboodle for him. But no, I, I would. I love Damian Lillard. We're pals. We're both big boxing fans. Damon and I, we should do a show. Damon Hilwani, talk boxing. That would be incredible. I would be very open to the Randall one, only because his his body language, his demeanor. I mean, you compare him to like a Jokic, or even a Murray, or even a Jimmy Butler. The way they lead, I can't wait for this finals. And, and I've gone on record: Nuggets in five, maybe six, but I think five. This Nuggets team is great. Very fun to watch. What a great story. And shame on anyone who says they're not. First time in the finals, Michael Malone, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Jokic. Just, just, they're just fun. And I like when there's new teams out there. And then the Heat are fun too. This is a great final. I'm really excited about it. Uh, last one, Dave. You posted the clip of you and Vogue talking about your controversial strong preference for having a steak well done, you're a big deal. You've worked for every major corporation at this point. Undoubtedly, you have found yourself at some bigwig steakhouse business dinner. The waiter's taking orders. Everyone is ordering. Their steak's medium rare, maybe medium. Do you relent in these situations? Stick to your guns and pronounce to the C-level suits you're a forever well-done man. Do you find a tolerable compromise and go medium well? Do you follow the sheep and go medium rare? 
you just go fish to avoid the situation, which is a great call. Go for the fish. If I'm at a steakhouse and I'm sitting with some big wigs and they're trying to wine and dine me, they're trying to woo me, and I sit there and order a well-done steak and they don't like me as a result of that, shame on them and I don't want to work with them because they've just exposed their insecurities, their bias, their prejudice towards the common man. And so, yeah, I sit there, I tuck myself in, chest puffed out, and I say, bring it on. Well done, and hit me with some hunt ketchup on the side. And if you don't like that, I got two words for you. And, you know, it ain't, how are you? That's three words, but I couldn't think of anything better in the um, moment. You ever ordered a salmon where they asked how you were yeah. cooked? Yeah, and I think salmon well done is fine. Wait, is that is that a bad thing? No, man. It's, just a, it's your preference. What do you like? I like it rare. Oh, Rare s- raw. I mean, you eat sushi. Yeah, but it's different. No, it's not. It's totally different. There's something different about sushi and like a, a rare piece of salmon. I don't know what it is, but it's just different. You I, like it to crumble in your okay, mouth. Okay, like here, here, I'll tell you what. We went for dinner over the weekend, and we usually order salmon. That's the that's the favorite in the Hawaiian household. My wife ordered well done. I wanted to be big shot, Rob. I ordered medium. No, they said that they said the chef suggests medium. She said, "Well done." I ordered medium. Good for I, you. I got it. Instantly regretted it. Oh no! Hard well, to cut the texture. Yeah, it's hard to cut. It's a little bit like chewy. What's wrong with? By the way, steak. Uh, no, uh, tuna steak. How do you do that? I'll, I'll go. I'll go medium for that. Nice tuna. Well done is tough. Right? It's tough. It's tough. If I went to a restaurant with you. Which you have. And we just met. Have we gone to a restaurant before? I thought we did. We, I tried to organize this big, like, happy Look, birthday man, dinner for those you. Those pizzas just, were amazing. Yeah, I know. If, just, if you want to erase that great memory. No, it was great. But I just, I just want the record to show that I was trying to make something, you know, even greater happen. What what did you try to do? What what, what organizational? No, I didn't organize anything. No, I I, I organized in your nothing. brain. In your brain, you thought about it. I I was just throwing it out there and letting you all know that you know I'm open. But you to had this. an expectation, and you didn't tell us what your expectation was. I mean, I'm just, I just wanted to let you know this that I was I, thinking can I, can of you. I break the fourth wall. I was just letting you know that I was thinking of you. That's all. It was OG Ariel's idea. Uh, originally, it was his idea. Which you get all the props for the idea. Thanks. That's all. Connor gets the props for the execution. And I, and by the way, I'm not trying to hate on the execution. The execution was fine. I just, you know, I just wanted to, you to know that I, I was I was I was open and willing cuz I get crapped on sometimes. Oh, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do that. You can still take me out for dinner, man. No, I mean, the ship has sailed. What are you talking about? Birthday's coming. How long's your birthday? A week? All month long, no. and today's the last day of the month. That is true. But I I feel like I get some stick sometimes that I'm the guy who doesn't like to partake. And I just wanted you guys to know that I was ready and willing to partake. That's all. That. I'll hold you to it next year. Yes. If there is a next year. Wow. Um, well, if we don't read this ad, read. <laughs> yes. Uh, shout out to our good friends over at DraftKings. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. We appreciate all of you very much. And thank you to moderator Lewis. Let's get to the picks, shall we? Hey, guys. How are you? There's the Kai Kai France shirt. 
Yeah, don't blink, baby. Yeah. Don't want to block it with the mic there. Is that is that Engage? Great. Oh, yeah, this is Engage, official. Engage. This is, uh, I bought this after the Askar Askarov one. Oh, that was a big one. Yeah, March yeah, of last huge year. Huge one, yeah. Well, two marches ago. Well, March of this past year. Yeah, I guess it would be last year. Yeah. Um, how did we do last week? Uh... The Parlay Pals. We took the week off. Parlay Boys. Parlay Boys. Parlay Boys. Parlay Boys. Parlay Boys, I guess. Um, You know, anybody can just come in and change the name. (laughs) Reverse sweep. Um, Yeah, we probably should have just taken the week off. Um, But, uh, you know, we're here for the people. I guess we do know shit about boxing. (laughs) Or don't know, I should say. I guess guess not. Uh, So, yeah, now I'm back in. Uh, Happy to be back. Welcome back. Wait, so we went 0 for 3? 0 for 3, yeah. Yeah. Is that that a first? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Doesn't look good, huh? No. With a with a minus three ninety and a minus three twenty in there, but it's it still happens. a good pick. Yeah, it happens. it happens. These things happen. These things do can happen. We, can we just pause for a second to say that the Lawrence Okoli fight was like the worst fight of maybe in history? Was that the worst boxing fight of all time? The other two no, were great. Guys, yeah, great fights. I agree with that. Yeah. Um but the Ocoli one, wow! I just like the Holy. fact that everything was done by Saturday afternoon. That's yeah, there's nothing. That's nice. There's nothing better than afternoon cards. Mick Conlon, that was tough. He was out cold. Shout out to yeah. Lee Wood, probably Nottingham uh, fought a smart fight, a um, a measured fight, uh, a relaxed fight. Didn't let the previous result get to him. Thought it was impressive. And then we're going to the Very. city ground. I'm praying. I love that he's got the Nottingham on the on the oh, shorts. The whole thing was about Nottingham. They, they bring out they bring out the the scarf for him when he wins. He's he's literally just Nottingham Forest's fighter. Got to get one to the city ground, mm. and I love that's his only ask when he won. Let's just book it at the city ground, please, Eddie. Did you make any picks, or was that it? That was it. Oh wow! All right, yeah, we I can go home. Go off. I kicked my this is kicked great. my feet up. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic. Uh, now we got to bounce back, though. This is a tough week. Not gonna lie. <laughs> What's so funny? Because Frank's got a lock over there. Oh, tough. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought, I thought you were laughing because it's today. so easy. Yeah. yeah. No, I was. I was just saying it. It is a difficult week. Uh, shall we randomize the order? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's working. Now? It's working. It. Uh, no, it's working. Uh, you know, it's still in the shop to get it back up on the screen. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, it's it's going right now. <laughs> Rick will go first, followed by Frank. Followed by Connor, and then Ariel fourth. Whoa. Yeah, thank, thanks for that, Frank. <laughs> I'm going to go to the alternate total rounds. Yeah. I'm going to take Tim Elliott. Wow. Versus Victor Altamirano yes. over uh-huh. one and a half. Beautiful. You love this. I like this because that was Frank's pick. Oh. Yep. One he had in the chamber has now been taken off the board. You only had one in the chamber, Frank? I mean, I can I can um, swap if, if it gets dicey, Frank. It's a little dicey. <laughs> All right. All right we'll, we'll, nobody would do that, and then you went straight for it. Uh, well, 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 you know what? I changed my mind. Oh, I don't... that's so whack. Wow. All right, let's just see. Let's just get to the end. Let's just yeah. get to the end, and then, and then I'll, here, you know. and then I'll bail Frank out. Connor? No, 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 this is Frank. You, you got him, man. Pick number two. All right, you know what? See what else? There's a lot of people, tons of them. So we're gonna go with 
Jamie Malarkey. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I wish I could have bet like that. on that. I, I wish I could have bet on that. Why were you so confident? Uh, because he's the biggest favorite on the card. Uh, can you make... Uh, can Look, you when you get on the bus, <laughs> you stay on the bus. I just, Late uh, opponent change, Malarkey. Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah, I I like Malarkey in this spot. He did also I go from like... being the biggest underdog on the card to being the biggest favorite on the card, which is... <laughs> is that actually true? Oh, yeah, yeah. When he was fighting Garan, wow, he was like a crazy. plus 250, plus 260. He is... Uh, now minus four ten. Yeah, he's cooking. That's wild. He's I wonder cooking. if that's the first time in UFC history. That's pretty. That's pretty incredible, right there, as a stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not great. Uh, that that brings up me. Uh, I will just go with a easy, clean money line. I will take Daniel Santos out of Shootbox mm-hmm. taking on Johnny Munoz Jr. Things gonna wilt Munoz with the pressure and the relenting pace. All right, what are we at now? Plus 117 with uh, you to go. All right. Um, I know you're eyeing that Clarissa Shields. Oh, 10, line. Yeah, yeah. Minus, minus 600,000 yeah. for Clarissa Shields. That's what a thousand percent. Just what for a, fun. Just for fun. Let's uh, let's see what it what a minus. Let's see. Where is she at here? Minus 10,000. Yeah. That changes our <laughs> plus 117 to plus 119. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, so, a little two extra points there. No, that's absolutely you. not worth it. Banana peel, not worth the two cents. Um, wait, does that mean I could do it? No. Oh, uh, what about over eight and a half rounds? Uh, I'm not seeing that on DraftKings. Oh. Are you seeing anything as far as like a prop for that? No. Nothing? No, nothing, no. no. Just Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez, which is not till next week. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, next week. I think uh, Mr. Taylor is joining us in studio. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, we're just pretty much the boxing hour. Yeah, I mean, might as well change the logo. But everyone's coming. I mean, they they keep coming. Why do we always say no? Uh, okay, that's the one I was eyeing. If I'm being honest. Good thing you got two eyes. Good thing I got what? Two eyes. What does that mean? See, it's like go ahead. And I'm eyeing it, and yeah. he's like, "You have two eyes, oh. so you can." Yeah, really feel flat it. there. Uh, Daniel Santos. Uh, just to, just got taken. Yep. Good thing you have two. No, I'm just I'm just mentioning him. Eye? I'm just Maybe mentioning him. And, the and, and who took uh, Goram? <laughs> Goram? He's not on the card, the card anymore. Yeah. No, I just want to know if anyone took him. I just <laughs> How about Elliot? Um, <laughs> the injury gods took him. Uh, Kaikar France, Amir Albazi over one and a half. Uh, there oh. it is. That that is a pick that you can make. Yes. <laughs> Minus five hundred plus one. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to sing the dart song. What is the dart song that they, you know, they go, they go like, you know, after, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe if you played it. It sounds like that. You know, what is that song? What is that song? I know that one from the TikToks. Yeah, the Um, All right, so that's the parlay. What about the picks? Let's get into it. UFC Apex 74. Here Uh, we are. I actually have quite a few picks, so I'll try to make this uh, nice and tight. Uh, Oh, by the way, can we make a darts pick? Oh, man. Is there darts over there? Stay patient. Stay patient. 
Uh, we'll see as we as we get deeper into these picks. Uh, no parlays this week for me, other than the one that we just made. Uh, that might be a first in show history. It's uh, it's a dicey card, but we start with the singles. Luan Luan Lacerda. I mean, I thought he had a really impressive debut back at uh, the Brazil card against Cody Stamen. Uh, made a good account of himself, even though he did lose. He's got good boxing, man. He's he's well rounded. He he can mix in the takedowns. Devon Blackshear doesn't have the best takedown defense. Don't really trust his gas tank. I just kind of feel like Lacerda sort of has him beat everywhere this fight goes. Uh, and I think he gets this one done uh, by a close decision. Next up. Hopefully this is not what they look like in the octagon. I don't know why the, the UFC website had such a uh, massive size disparity between Elise Reed and uh, Jin Frey. Uh, but I'm hoping this is not what it looks like or I might be in trouble. But I am what going to... What is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I got to make a lot of these. I didn't have the time to make her bigger, but uh, yeah, if you go on the UFC website, that's currently what it's at. I, I, I'm just, ho- I mean, Jin Frey looks very intimidating next to Elise Reed here. Uh, not gonna lie, and she's a former 105er. Yeah, yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't think this is accurate. I don't think if this was on a cereal box, I don't think this would say uh, actual size on it. I think it was just a, a mishap with the graphics. Um, Tough to trust either of these fighters with your money. But in this situation, Jenny Frey, she's 38 years old. She's coming off a 45-second knockout of uh, Pollyanna Viana. She was the one getting knocked out. That was that was Viana's first knockout since 2015. Elise Reed, she's not like a huge power puncher, but she's going to have a striking advantage here. Jenny Frey's path to victory is taking this to the mat. Elise Reed doesn't have a great ground game. We have seen Jenny Frey use it before. I'm just not going to trust that happens. And if it stays standing, I think Elise Reed gets this done uh, with coin flip odds in this fight. My pick for the Parlay Pals. I also have him here inside the distance. Daniel Santos, shoot box. He brings the pressure. I mean, it's crazy what's in the water down at shoot box. They all fight in a very similar way, a la Charles Oliveira. They get in your face. They are tough as nails. They keep coming. And I think that spells trouble for Johnny Munoz. He's got great grappling, but if it goes to the mat, I think Daniel Santos is just going to be able to get back up. He's a black belt in his own right. And then on the feet. I think he's going to be able to find the chin of Munoz at some point. He's got that unrelenting pressure, uh, and I think he gets him out of there sometime in the first couple rounds. Next up, short notice replacement. Gaforov, he is one of two Tajikistan fighters making short notice replacements on this card. Kind of an interesting stat. We saw him on the Contender Series against Angeliger. Got dropped in the first round. Fought back, fought, fought a Good two last rounds. He's fought in some of the top promotions uh, in the world. He's got great finishing capabilities. I know it's on short notice, but I, I think he's live as an underdog here. Uh, so I took a stab at plus 120. We keep rolling on. Corinne Silva, Ketlin Souza. In this one, I am taking the under two and a half. This is actually our first flyweight under, even though it is in the uh, women's division. I am taking the under two and a half here. Corinne Silva. 18 of her 19 professional fights have gone under two and a half. She has never won by a decision. 15 professional wins, 15 wins by finish. Ketlin Sosa on the other side. 12 of her 16 fights have not gone to a decision. Uh, Both these fighters have finishing capabilities. Both these fighters have been finished multiple times. Uh, And when you're putting the price with these kind of statistics supporting it, minus 105, uh, I have to take a shot on it. Next up, it's a little bit of a bro bet. You know, just a bro betting on a bro, backing up a bro. Tim Elliott, he's on some rough times. If you've seen anything, his story lately, uh, he's just down on his luck. And what does he need more? 
right now than anything, a win. So I'm just going to support Tim Elliott. I want to see him win. I want to see him get some mic time. I want to see him have something good uh, go for him. And honestly, with the matchup, I I think he's going to be able to have some advantages here. And if you look at Tim Elliott's uh, pass, he loses to the best of the best. Uh, within the flyweight division. Um, and Victor Altamirano, I'm not sure if he's the best of the best yet. So a bro back and a bro. I'm going to support Tim Elliott here. And also, on this same fight, I did say it was a flyweight fight, correct? These these guys are fighting at 125 pounds, so you know what we have to do. And we're encouraged by Tim Elliott. If you go onto his Twitter, he says he's searching for a KO. More importantly, he is going to do some wild shit, and he oh. says... He is going to finish this fight. No more oh. three-round fights for Tim Elliott. And that's why I'm also going I to I wish pay. I saw this before I made my pick. Now I'm going to take it. Well, fighters do say a lot of things. Sure. It doesn't always come to fruition. But I am going to take a little sprinkle on this one to not go to a decision. The stats do not back this one up. Tim Elliott, four straight decisions. 12 of his 17 in the UFC octagon have gone to a decision. Altamirano, three of his four have gone to a decision. Uh, So the stats really aren't there. I'm just hoping for aggression. I'm hoping for a wild fight. uh, And I'm hoping for Tim Elliott to get it done inside the distance. We move to the main event. You already know what it is. I don't have to do much explaining. Don't blink, baby. You know I'm rocking with Kai Kara France. I've backed him in every one of his fights since we started on the show. Uh, I mean, that was just a no-brainer. Another bet that I do like in this. I did say it was 125 pounds. First 125 non-title fight main event since 2017. First flyweight main event, men's flyweight main event since 2020 period. I mean, they're showing no love to our guys down at 125. You know what we have to do. It's another under. Fight does not go to a decision. Took this one at minus 115. And I I really do like this bet. I think stylistically they match up well. I think both dudes are live for a knockout. And if it goes to the mat, Albazi has got six submissions. And we've seen Kaikara France been put into compromising positions before. We've seen him submitted before. Uh, so I think that's a path to a finish there as well. Five rounds helps. Uh, and if you just look back, Albazi, 14 of his 17 fights have not gone the distance. Nine first-round finishes for Dude. And then Kaikara France, he mentioned in the interview today, of late, he's been getting those bonuses. He's been getting those finishes. Four of his last five have not gone the distance. I think someone's going down here. Uh, and that is that for UFC Apex 74. But good thing we're not done yet. It's at noon on Saturday. I don't know if you know this. I certainly know this. KSW Coliseum 2. In my opinion, it's it's the biggest MMA event of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Last time out, 57,000 people. Second biggest live MMA event in MMA history. Bigger than UFC 193. Second only to, uh, you know. Pride Shockwave, we all remember uh, Pride Shockwave. I mean, this is a great card. Last time there was five title fights. This time there's only three. But we got three title fights, and we got Pujanowski on the card. Uh, It should be a fantastic one. And I start with one of those title fights, Saladin Parnas. I mean, people talk about prospects coming out of France. I mean, Rick knows it with with Cedric Dumbe. We've obviously seen Cyril gone. Saladon Parnas could be one of the best of them. He's 17-1. and one. He's only 25 years old. The one loss he had, he avenged. He is going for double champ status in KSW. Would be only the third man to achieve that. Uh, Mateus Gamrot, another one. Roberto Soldich, uh, the other one. I mean, KSW produces a lot of fantastic talent. He's just so well-rounded. I know he's going up a weight class to get that lightweight belt, to add a second belt to his collection, but I think he gets it done, man. Just watching the guy work. It's just he's so well-rounded, man. He can box. He's got great kicks. He can go to the ground. He's got submissions. uh, And I think he gets it done. 
on Saturday. Now, this next one. I don't have an official line on a book that's available to me. This is just one that I've seen floating around. Pujanowski taking on Spilka, who's a boxer who, who fought some pretty big fights. Deontay Wilder, uh, Ter- Derek Chisora. Now, the thing about him, he got knocked out in all five of his losses in boxing. His first two MMA fights, he's only 2-0. Both ended by early finish. And then Pujanowski. I said this earlier on No Bets Party. Pujanowski is like the Polish Fedor, not in resume, in current sti- fighting styles. Like, they are here for a good time. They are not here for a long time. What I think is going to happen in this fight, these two dudes are going to meet in the center of the ring, and they are going to swing until someone goes down. Uh, and I do not think this is this is making it past the seven-and-a-half-minute mark. If you look at Pujanowski's most recent fights, seven of his last eight have gone under the one-and-a-half, 11 of his last 14 uh, and I think that continues here. Can we talk about these graphics? I mean, KSW I mean, was, I was like... I say this. Unbelievable. I thought you made these. KSW made... I made these graphics, but KSW made these, like, gladiator theme oh, yeah. things for the Coliseum. I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic. Great promotion. And then last but not least, Roman Smansky. I thought we were getting darts. I mean, you just got to be patient. Here. This is last, the last but not least. Well, last but not least, for KSW oh, Coliseum, okay, too. Come on, man. Have some respect for the card here. Uh, these two guys met, obviously the other one being uh, Mercea, met just last year. Roman finished him in the first round of retirement because Mercea, he, he injured his hand. Uh, but, I mean, still, Roman was having so much success. And in that fight, we got Roman at minus 215. Now we're getting him just at minus 225. It's a bet that I had to take. I mean, y- you don't get these opportunities too much in a rematch like this. So, uh had to ride with him. And now, KSW Coliseum 2 going to be a great card. Tune in. Noon, Eastern, Saturday. Can't wait. Now, the last oh, pick of the day. There it is. You already know what it is, dude. This is the biggest no-brainer of no-brainers. The U.S. Darts Master. Oh. Michael Smith, plus 400. Michael Van Gerwen, plus 380. A little half unit on each. We'll be there in person getting to cheer him on. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this. I mean, it doesn't get Wait, so you're taking both? Yeah, yeah, because look at the lines. Just they, a little they, sprinkle. Well, Gerwin Price was was is the favorite. They're correct. Gerwin Price is like a uh, like a plus two fifty. Getawin. They call him Getawin. The pride Get-a-win. of Wales. That, wow, I mean, look at that. I mean, I can't wait to get there. I mean, I'll be cheering on Bully Boy, MVG. I'll be yelling so loud that that Price will be able to hear me under his earmuffs. Man, by the way, looking at that pick, looks like uh, Bully Boy lost some weight. Yeah, I think he might have. I think he might have, man. Good for you him. You see the shoes? Dolce & Gabbana? Oh, yeah, he was freaking styling and profiling. I mean, Bosch styling. Shirt. The Bosch shirt. And Michael Van Gerwen with the, I love the money mentality. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can stay home if yeah. you don't like making money. He was, what was he wearing? What did he have? Uh, uh, was that a Louis Vuitton bag he had? Probably. He probably had a nice watch, too. I didn't get to see yeah, the brand on it. styling as well. No Those NBA finals? Picks, nah, no NBA no, finals. No, nothing on the nuggets. Line's crazy. The, the nuggets are like... Minus 400 to win the series. Rightfully so. Yeah, I think they probably get it done. So there you have it. Yeah, the Coliseum thing is uh, unbelievable. Like, it's just amazing that there's an MMA event that's going to draw 50,000 plus people in Poland and, like, no one talks about it here. It, It really is crazy because, like, KSW is always a wildly entertaining card. This one is going to be even more entertaining. Yeah. Um, Mohamed Khalidov, Scott Askham. Third fight for them. By the way, we do have to mention what's going on in the PFL. This is crazy stuff going on. Rob Wilkinson uh, oh, just yes. tested positive. 
And then prior to that, nine athletes were previously flagged for positive tests by the Nevada Athletic Commission, including his opponent, Tiago Santos. It's a really bad look for PFL. Like, you know, we have to keep it real. They've had some good press. They've had some good signings, this and that. And obviously, you know, it's it's their fighters. It's not the promotion that's doing this. But that's 10 fighters now, based on these reports that have come out from various outlets and confirmed by MMA Fighting, that have tested positive. Not a great look for the promotion. Like, you got to get this under control, you know? Especially when it's the high-profile guys, like the champions. Yes. Or, like, from, from last year, yeah. Yeah, These right. Like Rob, Rob Wilkinson is yeah, the, yeah. the defending champ. Or yeah, Tiago Santos, who comes over, right? Exactly. Uh, or Christoph Joko, who comes over. Like, not a good look. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 some interesting uh, times for the PFL. Interesting times for Bellator coming up as well. They've got uh, their big show coming up in mid-June, and then we get into the uh, the summer months. But I think we're good here, unless you guys have anything else. I mean, just one quick thing. How about Michael Van Gerwen just, like, playing poker with Rico Verhoeven yeah like what is that, that like he's part of his just, weekly poker yeah, game yeah I thought when he first said it, I thought he like played poker with him once no and he's like no yeah I play him with him every week huge K1 fan yeah. it's interesting because when they told me about him coming on they're like just you know he's not a big fight fan meanwhile this guy's talking about Remy Bonieski and uh <laughs> fucking uh who's he mentioning Sammy Schilt knew about yeah. Overeem's te- positive test he knew about everything like the guy's yeah I mean, I know kickboxing I, is an MMA, but still, he knows his fighting. I was, I was going to say they're probably thinking UFC, but uh, he knows his. He's talking uh, about he the freaking sports. Japan days, staying up in the middle of the night yeah. watching those K one Grand Prix. So yeah, that was you a could, lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yes, you could tell. You could tell he's an OG because he calls it K one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's glory. instead of kickboxing, yeah, 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 and yeah. all the all the Dutch dudes call it K one. Yeah, I love it. Love that accent. Um, all right, gents. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Great stuff. And, uh, of course, we shall be back on uh, Monday. We're, we're going to go celebrate uh, Frank's birthday again because it's now the day after the birthday, right? All month long. All month long. All month long. All month long. Um, what a show. Yeah. Great times. Had by all. Who's winning in this, uh, in this Europa League? I can't really tell. I mean, I just can't believe that I beat Michael Smith. I beat Michael Smith. That's and, one way of looking at it. Well, I know I did. I actually beat him. Oh, see you later, Eric. Um, I beat Michael Smith, and I thought at first I beat him on two darts. And then I beat him with... I mean, I should have just left it there. I should have just walked away. At that point, I was so hyped that I beat him, I forgot about the other three trying to beat the other guy. But I wasn't going to beat Frank right. Gerwin, you know. Not What's that? Right on my parade piss on your Cheerios or whatever the phrase is. But weren't you supposed to beat both of them cumulatively? Mm. And did I not? I don't think... Look, I'm really proud that you were able to get... No, no, I'm just talking about three versus three. No, that's not how it worked, though. It was three, three, and then you were six. No, no, no. And I was... Right. No, I, and my six versus their what three... What was the point? You could have just done three and three. Yeah, because I needed the extra juice to beat them because they're so much better. I feel like we should have talked about this before we went I to the music. I feel like you're taking your version. Wait a minute. Don't yeah. Let's talk about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, it's been a great show. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions. Thanks to all our guests. Uh, who are our guests? Uh, Michael Van Gerwen, Michael Smith, Clarissa Shields, Kai Kai France, Terrence Crawford. Thanks to all of them. Back on Monday, same time and place until I say, Purse, I'm out of here.
conversation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 